Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Three adults and three children were killed at a school shooting in Tennessee. At least three children are reported dead after a shooting at Covenant School, a private Christian school in Nashville. The Metro Nashville Police Department tweeted that officers engaged the shooter and that the shooter is now dead. Vanderbilt University Medical Center says the three victims suffered gunshot wounds and were pronounced dead after arrival. The age of the victims is still not clear, but according to the school's website, it serves students from pre-K through sixth grade. It was in and out of different meetings for the mayor on Monday afternoon as he met with the governor, legislative leaders, and other lawmakers at the Capitol. Governor Hochul wants new changes to the state's bail law to give judges more discretion. Mayor Adams is largely aligned with her, but insists the issue is bigger than just bail. Criminal justice reform is not just bail. Everyone likes that bumper sticker of bail. We need criminal justice reform that's going to include money for prosecutors, for defense attorneys. We have to unbottleneck our system. The Manhattan grand jury investigating former President Donald Trump met again. This star witness was the former publisher of the National Enquirer, David Pecker. It's all related to the hush money payments made to former porn star Stormy Daniels. David Pecker's appearance today is a sign District Attorney Alvin Bragg might be finalizing a case against former President Donald Trump. In 2016, it was Pecker who encouraged efforts by then-candidate Trump and Michael Cohen to prevent damaging stories about Trump from being published. Pecker's top editor at the National Enquirer deliberated with Cohen about making payments to Stormy Daniels to keep her alleged encounter with Trump out of the headlines. Will Smith practices selective outrage. (laughs) Everybody that really knows, knows I had nothing to do with that. I didn't have any entanglements. Yeah, and then I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement? And then his wife was her son's friend. I normally would not talk about this, but for some reason these put that on the internet. I have no idea why two talented people would do something that low down. Everybody in here have been cheated on. None of us have ever been interviewed by the person that cheated on us on television. A relationship. Yes, it was a relationship. It's like, hey, I was sucking somebody else's. How did that make you feel? She hurt him way more than he hurt me. We ride together. We we die die together. together. Bad Bad marriage for life.
That's my man Chris Rock right there from his amazing Netflix special, Selective Outrage. As we begin what has become New York's favorite talk show by a distance, that's me, sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, 606 on your Tuesday morning. We have the news headlines in there, too, and this, uh, well, another school shooting, which I'll get to momentarily. I mean, what do you say about it? It's not really a talk show discussion. It's always the same thing. I'll play Joe Biden yelling and screaming about weapons and how these uh, weapons should be outlawed. And you know how I feel about this, folks. Rigor mortis hasn't even set in. Little kids are still dead on the floor in their classroom. And a-holes like Joe Biden yelling and screaming about guns. I just, we'll get to it, okay? Uh, So that's a big story. Donald Trump, the uh, grand jury met again. Trump was on with Sean Hannity last night. I've got plenty of audio from that. A lot of news stories out there. But I started with Chris Rock today because yesterday, believe it or not, was the one-year anniversary of the slap heard around the world. Remember Bobby Richardson, the shot heard around the world? This was the slap heard around the world. Academy Awards, one year ago yesterday. Little did I know that. When last night at Madison Square Garden, during another big win for the New York Knicks and a huge night for Emmanuel Quickly, who scored a career-high 40, 40 points for the Knicks last night. Little did I know when I walked over to Chris and uh, we shook hands, exchanged pleasantries, and took a great picture together. You can see that. On my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Also, my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg. I don't uh, do Twitter anymore. I stopped that about a year ago. And uh, we had a couple of laughs. And then he exited the court. It was halftime. Came back late in the third quarter. And funny part about the night was at the end of the game, when the Knicks closed it out, beating Houston by 22, mind you, 137 to 115. They're back to 10 games over 500 now at 43 and 33. They've got a hold of the five spot in the Eastern Conference and they're five and a half behind the four seed Cavaliers. So they're going to be locked in at the five and basically take on Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs. The game was over and they were celebrating quickly again for the 40 because he's been starting lately because if you're not a big Knicks fan or follow it closely, the Knicks have a star point guard. His name is Jalen Brunson who just signed a contract before this season for over $100 million, but he's been hurt. So when he's hurt, quickly, who's one of the best sixth men in the NBA, gets the start, and every time he starts, he plays well. Clearly, he's good enough to be a starting point guard in the NBA, but the Knicks have Brunson. Puts in 40 last night. Game is over. Everybody is standing and clapping, and Chris Rock looks to his right over at me. This was great, Lou. Gives me that... Beautiful Chris Rock smiles, smile, I should say, with a thumbs up. You get a smile and a thumbs up after a 22-point home win by the Knicks at Madison Square Garden with my beautiful wife, Danielle, to my right and my adorable son, Gabriel, two seats away. Chris Rock, smile, thumbs up after the Nick win. I was like, wow. Dad, you're famous. (laughs) Well, I'm not that famous. You know how I know that? Because at all these games, they have what's called Celebrity Row. And periodically throughout the game, 
they show famous people in the garden watching the game. So, for example, Chris Rock last night was sitting next to actor Kevin Bacon. That's a big deal. And they showed Kevin Bacon some scene from some movie. Actor Leon Rose. You had uh, Judd Apatow's daughter, Maud. Cute kid, by the way. You had, um, who else? Oh, Edie Falco from The Sopranos. She was there last night. So throughout the night, they kept showing these famous people. They get thunderous applause. And every time I go, Gabe goes, when are they going to show you, Daddy? <laughs> and listen, when I walk in, you know, when I walk in, like, the the out the outdoors last night again, there are folks waiting outside. They're like, hey, shit. I said, I got a pretty good, I got a pretty good reception. Pretty good. Worthy, I think, of being on the screen. They show people almost every night. I've never heard of, you know, like, it's not always Liam Neeson and Kevin Bacon and Chris Rock. There's, like, somebody last night named Chad Coleman. Who's that? Some young actor or yeah. somebody you don't know. Right, some stupid-looking young actor with a fat and a lot of facial hair. I mean, I'm the number one talk show host in New York City. I'm wearing a sports jacket, look great. You know, if you look at the uh, the Instagram account, there's one picture of me sitting there and Corey Zelnick seats. By the way, thank you once again to our dear friend. He's a great guest on this show, too, talks real estate, Corey Zelnick. He gave me his tickets. And uh, so it's second row. I'm, like, right next to Mike Breen who I had a great conversation with last night. In fact, I told Mike I got a wonderful text from Carol McGurk yesterday. Of course, Danielle and I bought um, Carol and Bernard's grandson, Colin, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of clothes. Spent a lot of money, actually. And we never heard from them. And we're like, wow, that's weird. Never heard from Brendan, Bernie's son, or Jessica, his daughter-in-law, or Carol. But it turns out they were away at Disney the last couple of weeks with friends, and Carol texted me and said, hey, my neighbor texted me today and said, there's a bunch of boxes outside my house with your name on it. So thank you. I love you. I miss you. It couldn't have been nicer. In fact, I think she's coming home today. So I was telling Mike Breen about that. And uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, sitting right next to me, literally right next to me, like six seats away at the Rockets announcers and the, the Nick announcers. But across the court, the same exact row across the court, the man that should have been governor of this state, my dear friend Lee Zeldin, caught a picture of me, and he sent me this picture in the first quarter, and he goes, Mr. Rosenberg, how do you get these great seats? <laughs> so I'm like, are you watching this on TV, or are you here? And sure enough, right across the court, his lovely wife, Diana, she's lovely, and his two great twin daughters are sitting eye distance same exact row across the court, Lee Zeldin. It was just one big, you know, it's a Monday night. It's a Monday night. It's raining out. The Rockets are a terrible team. You'd never know it being at Madison Square Garden. You look like you're um, stalking somebody out to kill. Yeah, I, I looked angry there. No, yeah, you look yeah. like a sniper. It's a great picture, though. <laughs> I look like the Rock a little bit in that picture. I'm not. I'm just going to say, at the risk of sounding arrogant, I look really handsome in that picture. Well, the risk is worth it. You look a little arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the beauty of being here. I said to Danielle last night, when we go back home, and I want to go home. I really do. I was at the house on Sunday. I missed the beach. I missed my house. I miss the privacy. I want to go home. But when I go home, these nights are not going to happen. Like, I lived here for five years, six years, and I can count on one hand the amount of Knicks and Ranger games I went to. Invited all the time, couldn't do it. I can't get back to Queens 
at 10 o'clock at night and be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't do it. But when you're living like I've been the last couple of months, Midtown, Battery Park, it's easy. I mean, I was in bed last night by 10.15, still not enough sleep. I was up at 3.15 this morning, but I'll take five hours instead of three. And, in fact, I'm going right back to Madison Square Garden tonight to see the Rangers play with Joe Tacopina, the great defense attorney, Tacopina's son, Matt, and Mr. Peerless Borders himself, Pete Morgan. So right back at the Garden, and now this is the third time in the last four weeks I've gone on successive nights to see the Knicks and the Rangers. I'm a real New Yorker. I love this city. I love the teams. I'm excited about baseball season. That starts on Thursday. The Mets on the road down in Miami taking on the Marlins. The Yankees start their season this Thursday in two days in the Bronx. They'll host the San Francisco Giants. And, by the way, the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, will join us on this program today. I love all that stuff. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. So last night was fun, and hopefully I can get Chris Rock on the show. I didn't realize that Corey is friends with Chris Rock for 20 years. But he claims he is. He doesn't lie, so... We'll make that happen. Chris Rock. Wow. A cool picture, right? Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, that's a good picture. I mean, the lighting kind of sucks, but the last couple of weeks. Again, you look like you, look like you want to kill somebody. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, if you look at my garden pictures, it's me and Chris Rock, me and Liv Schreiber, who, of course, plays uh, Ray Donovan, me and Tracy Morgan. I uh, did not take a picture with Spike Lee because I think he's a racist dick. But well, to everybody else, I mean. That's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I take a picture with you, Spike, but you're a racist you're D. A I actually threatened to beat him up at the garden, right in front of my son. I'm like, you keep walking, Spike, because if I walk on the court, I'm going to kick your ass. He said, what? I swear to God. Don't take a picture here. Come on over here. <laughs> so big win for the Knicks, and it was a lot of fun last night, and, and we, we uh, the whole family had a great time. Let me get back to this, um, this school shooting. So. There are stories that I deem news stories. You know, I've had these conversations and even arguments in the past with co-hosts and producers. What's a story you cover the news, like Noam Layden was great, and what's a story that you use in your talk show? Now, I'm going to play Biden cuts on the Nashville shooting. He's going to say he's sick and he's tired and the guns and... It's the same old nonsense. I'm going to play this moron, Kareem Jean-Pierre. But to me, this is not a talk show topic. This is a news topic. It's tragic. It's sad that we've gotten to a place in our country where people realize, they realize this, that the way to really gain infamy is to shoot a kid. Because if this person, Audrey Hale, walked into a restaurant last night and shot somebody, it'll be a story for a day or two. But you'd never remember her. But now that three little kids are dead, including a pastor's nine-year-old beautiful angelic daughter, you'll always remember her. And not nearly as bad as bad. I mean, did I just say that? I'm sorry. But blessed death 
than Uvalde, Texas, less death than Sandy Hook. But you'll always remember Audrey Hale. And there's another side to the story, of course, the fact that this person was a transgender. That also makes it different, I guess. I don't know. This person, like many others have done before, put up an Instagram message to a friend and said, some of this is going to make sense down the road. It will all make sense down the road. But something very bad is going to happen today. And and then she went out or he went out, whatever this person was, and, and killed a bunch of people. So, But what, what am I going to say that I haven't said a thousand times? It ain't the guns. It's not the guns. We have people in this society who are crazy, who are angry, hate people, hate themselves, and just want to kill. And this person was hell-bent on killing. Now, I don't know if this person got this gun legally or not, but if somebody really wants to kill somebody, they're going to get a gun, maybe illegal. I mean, the kid Lanza took his own mother's guns. Those were legal. The uh, kid in Uvalde, Texas, bought the guns, I believe, not long before he did the shooting. But this comes down to crazy, angry people, every one of them, right? Every one of them has huge issues, huge. This one was transgender. The kid from Uvalde was, he had 19,000 emotional problems. Nicholas Cruz down in Parkland, Florida, a litany, a litany of things gone wrong with his parents. You don't find a, a good kid like my son or my daughter, Gabriel. It wasn't like I, I went to the Nick game with mommy and daddy last night, and the next morning I shot up a bunch of kids. doesn't go that way. These people are angry. They're disturbed. It ain't the guns. So I try not to spend too much time on these stories because I'm sick of the narrative. I'm sick of the president. I'm sick of the same old liberal nonsense. Gun laws, the strictest gun laws, are in the cities that have the most shootings. That is a fact. That is not a Sid Rosenberg opinion. The strictest gun laws are in the cities, like New York, Chicago, that have the most shootings. You want to take away some of these guns. I've had these discussions with other people, AR-15s. It's all nonsense. They don't want to address the real issue. And the real issue is we live in a very depressed, demonic, anger-filled, medicinal, all these kids are on drugs too, by the way, all of them, society. That's the problem. So uh, just because I have to, here he is. The imbecile in charge, Joe Biden, rambling on about, believe it or not, ice cream. He found a way to include ice cream in this murderous rampage by Hale yesterday in Nashville. Here's your president. You voted for him, folks. Congratulations. Cut number one. My name is Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. <laughs> and I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. What? I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. <laughs> I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. That, that didn't That didn't. That was happen. out from yesterday. That couldn't have been. Yeah, Justin Ellick has this labeled yesterday. Well, that, he says he said it was before he, says he addressed the Nashville shooting. It was yesterday. 
right before he addressed the shooting, <laughs> Joe Biden found time to joke about ice cream. <laughs> yeah, Which was is right, the guy. Was right before he... Uh, right before. Yeah, he goes right from that into, uh, into the... Uh, right, you know. into this. Here's Joe Biden cut number two. Hard to believe. There's more to learn, but I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. I've been to so many of these sites, as Ben knows, by virtually every one. It's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely. One more, I guess we'll play this uh, this other genius. Straight from her Mensa meeting, she arrived at the White House, Colleen Jean-Pierre. She talked about this shooting and how Biden wants Congress to do something and nobody's helping us. Colleen Jean-Pierre, cut number five. We must do more, and he wants Congress to act because enough is enough. You're right. In his State of the Union, the president called on Congress to do something. Yeah, do something. To stop the epidemic of gun violence, tearing families apart, tearing communities apart. Enough of this. Look, let me make it very clear. It ain't the guns. Okay? Let me repeat myself. Strictest gun laws in this country are in the cities that have the most shootings. It ain't the guns. You want to take away AR-15s, even though everybody who knows anything about guns tells you it's not really an assault weapon. It's not. You want to do that? Go. Knock yourself out. What they're not accounting for, and it's really irresponsible, Biden, John pierre all these Democrats, Hillary, is crazy. Crazy kills. Show me one instance where a gun woke up in the morning, a gun made itself breakfast, a gun got dressed, a gun got in its car, a gun drove eight miles to a school with little kids, a gun by itself shot through the back door, a gun walked through that broken glass and the back door, and a gun killed all these kids and adults. Show me one instance where that happened, and I'll shut my mouth. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
So you want two different schools on Donald Trump. That's a great song. That is that Dishwalla? Very good. Blue Cars. 629 on your Tuesday morning, the top-rated show in New York. That's us sitting friends in the morning. You want the uh, two different schools on Donald Trump. Bill Maher is a guy I never really liked. In fact, I met, I met Bill Maher years and years ago. I was invited to a place called Bungalow 64, I think. Somewhere in uh, lower Manhattan, I think it was Bungalow 64, may have been in Chelsea, many years ago to attend a party that was a Sopranos party. Mike Sullivan, if you're listening, you were there. And a lot of the stars were there from the Sopranos. I don't think Jimmy was there, but there were stars there. When I walk in, the place was packed. I mean packed. And I'm a, you know, newbie, WFAN, becoming a decent name in New York City, not nearly the Beloved, revered star I am today, but it's kind of getting going. You know, it's getting there. Shut up, Lou. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Why, do you, why, why every time... When I say something nice, you have to smile or you just you ruin the whole thing for me. Why do you do just, that? You just chill. I was just writing your new title out. <laughs> Beloved, revered, worshipped, yeah. revered, yeah. revered yeah. adored. Adored. Put yeah. adored in there. Too. Okay. Time, to change, time yeah. to change your email. But I wasn't there yet. I'm there now, you know. I'm so um, but back then I was kind of new on the scene. And the first person I see in this bar, he's wearing a black leather jacket. There's some pot marks on his face. I wasn't all that impressed with him physically was uh, Bill Moore, And I'm like, wow, Bill Moore. So I walk over, and I'm like, I'm Sid Rosenberg. And he's like, okay. No one knows who you are. I'm like, okay, that's fine. He said, I'm on WFN. I'm a big sports fan. Okay. And, uh, you know, big fan of yours, and basically nice to meet you. He didn't even say nice to meet you back. He didn't. I mean, he didn't acknowledge me at all. It's like Edie Falco was in the corner. He's like, okay, I got you. He walked right away, you know. Better deal, you like Mike Lupica would do it. A hundred percent. Did you ever watch him do that? Mike Lupica would be talking to you, and he wouldn't. He would just move his head right behind your head, like yeah. Plus, uh, the other I got somebody else to talk to. You. Oh, okay, I'm done with. Well, you. listen, you know how I feel. There's no bigger dick in the history of mankind than Mike Lupica. <laughs> I mean, well, nobody. I him up. There, there are emperors and dictators and murderers <laughs> right. who I think are better people than Mike Lupica. <laughs> right. He could just write a little bit better than that. Oh, God. Time, but he'll better deal you. Well, Bill Moore was, was, was Mike Lupica that night, yes. And I was so disappointed. And the next morning, I was on with, I forget if it was Jody McDonald or Joe Beningo. And I railed on him. And then, of course, I hated his politics forever. But the last couple of months, and I'll give Bernie credit for this, because Bernie started bringing this up months and months ago. Bill Moore started to like this guy. Like a lot. Because he does what I do. So you have no idea how I'm going to feel about a certain person or topic because I'm not that narrow. There's a lot of guys in this business, a bunch of guys that I've worked with, 
that have been on the show, you know exactly where they're going. You know where they're going. That ain't me. Not me. That's why I get along with Democrats and Republicans and all. Now, listen, <laughs> I'm not all that easy, right? I mean, i got to give John Katzmatidis credit. He's much easier than me. You're never going to hear Andrew Cuomo on my show. You're never going to hear Kathy Hochul on my show, ever. So I do draw the line at a certain place. But I'm willing, and uh, I've shown that over the months. Bill Maher now comes out, and he actually, he's fair, right? He's fair. That's all we ask for. Be fair. You don't like somebody, that's okay, but you can't design your opinions on how you feel personally. you got to give everybody a chance based on the time and the moment. Right? There are people I don't like, but every now and then they do something good. And there are people that I that I really like, and every now and then, like Donald Trump, they prove to be an a-hole. So Bill Maher is out there a couple of days ago, March 24th to be exact, and he's saying, this Trump indictment, what is this? Cut number 19, Lewis. I just would like to go on record of saying I think this is a colossal mistake if they bring these charges. Um, not this one. First of all, it's not going to work. It's going to be rocket fuel for his 2024 campaign. And it's just going to look to MAGA Nation like, oh, you know, you tried with Mueller. You tried with Ukraine. You tried with January 6th. Now we go to the porn star. Really? You're down to that? <laughs> yeah, por- so it makes a bunch of sense. Then you get the aforementioned former governor who did a one-hour show on Friday. And I, I was good with that. I was okay with it. I mean, Janice Dean over at Fox News, friend of ours from the I Miss Days and been on the show many, many times, she went nuts on me, an unprovoked attack, as if, by the way, I scheduled Andrew Cuomo. She actually said on Twitter, I am never going on with Sid Rosenberg or Rita Cosby again. I sent her a text. I go, Janice, baby, sweetheart, I know you're hurt. I know this bastard. His policies are the reason why not one, but both, both of your in-laws died. I get it. I would be angry with this guy, and I, I am angry. And there was nothing personal with me. I couldn't see my dad the last six months. He didn't kill him. He killed these people. I get it. I go, but sweetheart, I don't make programming decisions here. I know everybody thinks that's the case because Sid is a man. And that may be true for the everyday lineup, but I'm not in charge. John's in charge. Margo, Chad. There's a whole bunch of people that have more authority than me. So then she went on Twitter and apologized to me, which is very, very nice. But um, people are freaked out about Cuomo. But, hey, I got to tell you, the ratings for that hour were great. And I know you folks don't want to hear this because I talk about ratings all the time. And I say things sometimes that upsets people. But we're in the business to get ratings. That's what we do. That's it. We're not here to wave the pom-poms. We're not here to say things that you want to hear. I did that for years. I got a 2-6. I'm not doing it anymore. Done with it. I'm not going back to those days. That's not what we're here for. We are here to get ratings, make a major impact on this city. And sometimes we're going to do stuff you don't like. And guess what? Get over it. So Cuomo being on the air... And I can't stand them. Didn't bother me. In fact, it was a good move when you look at the amount of people that showed interest. My friend Jennifer Harrison, 
who runs that public advocate group on Long Island, listened to every second she texted me a hundred times on Friday night. I was out for dinner. I didn't listen. hundred times she texted me. She was so furious. And I said, that's exactly what we wanted to do. We did it. We did exactly what we wanted to do. Whether you like them, you hate them, just listen. But there's no denying he's a raging rectum. He's just one of the worst people God's ever created. He's right there with every one of these lowlifes, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, Joe's wife, Jill. He's right there with every one of them. I don't care what he says now. I don't care what he said on the air on Friday. I don't care about his, all of a sudden he's had an epiphany on bail reform or whatever it is. He's a lowlife. And his brother Chris ain't much different. But there you heard Bill Maher, practical and fair, talk about Donald Trump. And then you get this side from Andrew Cuomo, cut number 20. Donald Trump doesn't help himself when he says uh, death and destruction. If you indict me, I have a baseball bat. I'm going to come, you know, uh, we're our own worst enemy in life. You know why he did any of that? I have no idea. Um, But the uh, indictment was supposed to come this week. It didn't come. Uh, I believe it comes next week. The expression for a prosecutor is you can indict a ham sandwich because the prosecutor controls the entire indictment process. So I'm sure they'll get an indictment. Uh, I don't understand uh, why Bragg is putting such emphasis on this case. Uh, A person breaks the law. I get it. But on the state side, this is a misdemeanor case. It's really a federal case because he needs it to be a campaign finance fraud case, which is a federal case. Uh, and, and that's what Bragg is going to have to do to get a felony out of this. Uh, and also, general caution, you have a cynical public. They don't believe anyone. And when you start to see these prosecutors bringing political cases, it just affirms everybody's cynicism. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe uh, a Democratic prosecutor just happens to be attacking a Republican. I don't I believe a Republican prosecutor just happens to be attacking Wait, a right Democrat. Right. I think it's all politics, and I think that's what the people of this country are saying. And it just feeds that anger and that cynicism and the partisanship. I, it's a coincidence that Bragg goes after Trump and Tish James goes after Trump and oh. Georgia goes after Trump. That's oh. all a coincidence. Yeah, that is. Uh, and I think it feeds the cynicism, and that's the cancer in our body politic right now. I don't know. I hear him speak, and I just have this overwhelming compulsion to punch him right across the face. I would uh, knock him out in three seconds. Nobody want to do that, you know. Maybe he'll be at a Nick game somehow. He could just well, that'd be great. Wander over, say, "Hey, can we uh, can we take a picture together?" And then just clock him right. <laughs> you think I wouldn't do that? I mean, I, I didn't I, say you wouldn't. I went up on Spike Lee right there in front of the whole crowd. I would do it. What did Spike Lee do when you did that? He walked past me. Oh, what did, what did he do? He turned back. He leered at me. Oh. And then he walked over and started uh, talking to Tracy Morgan. Couldn't care less. But That's the, but, the but, He's not going <laughs> to hit you. Yeah. But the people sitting next to me thought it was great. So That's a good idea. Maybe tomorrow night the Knicks are going to host the Heat. Somebody send Andrew Cuomo two tickets. <laughs> Let him sit next to me in Section 11. Uh, traffic is coming up next. <laughs> so check out my Instagram page, and uh, you'll see 
What an idiot. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC mini-cast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's mini-cast is from the other side of midnight with my dear friend Frank Morano, who, let me remind you folks, gets 11s on the overnight. He's either number one or number two. The kid's a monster. Here he's talking with one of my all-time favorites, Lloyd Lindsay Young, about these recent crazy weather events. Do we have any idea what might be the cause for this uptick in tornado activity? Or is this just one of those things that just happens? Well, here's the thing, Frank. The jet stream has been all messed up since December 1st. And California, for example, in the Sierra Nevada, the heaviest snowfall in recorded history going back to the late 1800s. Donner Pass, everybody has heard of that. More than 700 inches of snow this year. More than 800 inches of snow in the southern Sierra. Even Disneyland had snow flurries. Who ever heard of that? And then I mentioned that tornado warning that was issued for Los Angeles. So, Frank, it all has to do with a very, very intensive jet This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. On the hardwood, just the Knicks were in action as they took it to the Lily Houston Rockets at home with a convincing 137-115 win. Emmanuel quickly was the star of the game, going for a career-high 40 points and route to the win. Julius Randle had a nice bounce-back game as well with his 26. Quickly connected on 14 of 18 shots from the field and added nine assists to boot. He started in place of Jalen Brunson, who missed his second straight game with a bruised right hand. Up next for the Knicks is a date with the Miami Heat at the Garden come tomorrow night. On the ice, the Islanders absolutely buried the Devils at home by a score of 5-1. to one. Kyle Palmieri had two goals and an assist, and tender Elias Sorokin showed out as well with his 30 saves on the night. Engvall, Horvat, and Parise took care of the other New York tallies, and the Islanders will try and keep it going tomorrow night in Washington against the Capitals, while the Devils will see if they can bounce back when they host the Rangers come Thursday night. And speaking of those Rangers, they're on the ice tonight at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sidney Rosenberg in attendance, as previously mentioned. That puck will drop at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. If you feel that it's real, I'm on trial and I'm here again, you're present. Like a coin in your man. He's talking to uh, Fabian Levy. Fabian works very closely with the mayor, Eric Adams. He's in City Hall. Eric is going to join me on Thursday 
perfect day because the Yankees open up their season in the Bronx. Opening day against the San Francisco Giants on Thursday. So the mayor, Eric Adams, will join me. Big show on Thursday now. Judge Napolitano, Mayor Eric Adams. You've got uh, Bill O'Reilly and the head basketball coach for the upstart FAU Owls, who amazingly, that little school in Boca Raton, two miles from a house I owned for a long time in South Florida, that school has made it to the Final Four. Unbelievable. Past that school on Glades Road every day. So their coach, Dustin May, will join us on Thursday, too. So Thursday's a huge day. So I was asking Fabian if the mayor was going to the Yankee game opening day. I don't know if Adams is a Met fan or a Yankee fan. I think he's a Yankee fan. I know he's a Brooklyn Nets fan more than a Knicks fan. That I know. We'll discuss that at dinner. But I think he's more of a Yankee fan. But he's not going as of now, opening day. So I said to Levy in City Hall, I said, look, if you want, I'll get us two tickets. I'll get him. I, you know, I can talk to Wendy Levine. He's going to be on the show today. I can talk to my buddy Tommy Gucciardo. I'll get I'll get tickets. If uh, you want, I'll spend like two or three innings sitting with the mayor at Yankee Stadium on Thursday. And he said, I'll check his schedule. We'll see. Now, Alec, you're going opening day Thursday, yes? No, I'm going Saturday and Sunday. Oh, oh both games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was saying to Danielle and Gabe last night, we're on the way to the Garden, and it was raining and miserable, but, of course, they play basketball indoors, you know. And I'm like, we're starting the season, the baseball season, in March this year. Right? April 1st is not until Saturday or something. I don't know. So you're going to get the Yankees. Now, the Mets are on the road. They're in Miami. It's 85 and sunny in Miami. And the Mets don't return home. They go to Milwaukee, too, until April 6th. So hopefully by April 6th, the weather's a little better. We had a beautiful day Sunday. Tomorrow's not too bad. But, for example, last night, sitting out at a baseball game, that is miserable. I've done it. I've had opening days. I remember one opening day. I'm working at the fan, and it was me and Jody McDonald. And every year, the Mets open up about 1 o'clock. Lately, it's been 4 o'clock, but it was 1 o'clock. And the first game of the year, opening day, we'd all be at Chase Stadium. So me and Jody would be there. Chris Magikowski up in the booth. You know the Magic Man, Lewis. And I went to school with him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Was that Fordham? Oh, Fordham. I thought he went to St. John's. Nope. Okay. He was a big sports guy at Fordham. And okay. He became. Uh, he moved into the engineering area. Gotcha. So we're out there for the Cubs. I remember it was the Cubs, and it may have been Tom Glavin's first ever start for the Mets, the Atlanta Brave. Great. And it was like thirty degrees. And they had the windows open, and I'm like, i got to get out of here. It was freezing. And there was a smattering of people. They tried to get excited. It's opening day. But it was miserable. So for you, for example, I don't know if you checked the weather. Saturday, it's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, and cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think if it rains and it's 75 degrees, if it's 50 degrees and raining, and you're sitting in the Bronx, why are they starting the season so early, it's terrible out there. It's not earlier than usual. Out of course there. it is. It never starts in March, ever. I, it's usually, never. though, like the first weekend of April. Right. Yeah. Well, we're starting in March this year. Well, it's, it's March 28th. Oh, yeah. It's still March. Yeah. Why are they pushing it back? Well, there's I, too many games. That's yeah. why. And oh, every, they should move it forward then. That they should reduce the games. Reduce the games and start the middle of April. Because well, it also feels it feels longer than last season because you had the, uh, you had the lockout. For like yeah. two or three weeks. Oh, that was last year. That was last year. Oh, wow. So that's why it feels longer ago. as well. Yeah. But I, I still haven't gotten my uh, 
Because I'm doing standing room only if I was going to go on Saturday. I still haven't gotten my pinstripe. Standing room only? Yeah, like up in center field yeah. by the bar. Yeah, like a homeless guy. Well, you get there early enough, and then you get a nice uh, you get a nice spot by no, the ledge. No, you're a homeless guy. Oh. <laughs> I go to these games, and I sit behind home plate. And... Yeah, I'm in section 11, and I'm behind home plate. And... Yeah, 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 we get it. Mitch Modell would uh, bring me into the uh, the restaurant. I'd eat steak. I'd eat seafood. I'd have the candy wall. I do miss Mitchell for that, Mitch Modell. He <laughs> got me great I, Yankee seats. That's why I miss yeah. him. <laughs> Otherwise, it's fine. Well, I used to sit in the press box. Back when we got, got credentials, I used to sit in the press box. But that was a problem because I was the only person there without a laptop, not writing an article. And I was the only person there, like, chugging ta- uh, tall boys. Which is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. But there's nothing worse than sitting in the press box. Nothing. Well, nothing it's like worse. Sweeney Murdy was like looking at me like, who's, who's this degenerate? You know, Sweeney Murdy is no longer with the fan doing Yankees. I heard, yeah. This year, first time in like 100 years. So, uh, anyway, Eric, uh, the mayor, may or may not join me Thursday at the Yankee game. He'll be on once again, I believe, 8.05 on Thursday morning. But he was in Albany yesterday talking about criminal justice reform and Hochul. Let's start with that. Uh, Eric Adams on bail reform, Lewis, cut number 14. Criminal justice reform is not just bail. Everyone likes that bumper sticker of bail. We need criminal justice reform. That's going to include money uh, for prosecutors, for defense attorneys. We have to unbottleneck our system. And then he goes on to talk about fixing the MTA, the amount of money that goes into that. And he actually calls out the governor. He's like, hey, Kathy, we can't afford this. This is uh, Eric Adams, the mayor, cut number 15. Half a billion dollars is just something that we cannot uh, uh, take on at this time. And I, both houses heard us. And in their one-house proposals, they came up with counterproposals. And now it's time for the deliberation process. There he is, Mayor Eric Adams on bail reform and... Um, the MTA up in Albany yesterday. What is this team that Mike DeDino sent me? I guess he was also in that war room bar yesterday. That's my buddy Todd Shapiro's place. Talking about some empire, some Albany Empire sports team. Are you familiar with this? I'm not. You were telling me about it this morning, and I just no, no, I just no. couldn't have the energy to care really. There was some it. Instagram post of like 200,000 likes. I'll look it up for you. I'll get the details. No, I just don't care. Oh, well, uh, then why are we talking don't about bother it? bother me. Well, then why are we talking about it? Well, I'll just stop talking about it. Okay. Donald Trump was on Sean Hannity last night, and we're going to talk to the man always amazing on a Tuesday morning, nobody better, my man Bo Deedle. Coming up at 7.40. We're kicking ass on a Tuesday morning like only we can do. Sitting friends in the morning. in the morning 77 WABC
There's a reason why I played this song, One Night Love Affair. I love this song. I love Brian Adams. Because I wanted to get to Trump and Stormy Daniels. Trump was on Sean Hannity last night, but well, I can't do it. I'll tell you why. I contradicted myself when I said this morning this tragic, horrible shooting at this Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee yesterday, which resulted in six people dead, really seven. The gunman died too, but F her. Six people dead, three little kids, nine years old, and three teachers. And I said this morning, this is not really a talk show topic. This is more of a news story. We've done these way too many times since Columbine back in 1999. But I have to tell you that from when I started the show at 6 o'clock in the morning, I have TVs on in the newsroom, just above Norm Layden's head. The one to the far left is CNN. The one in the center are two horrible people, Joe and Mika, MSNBC. And the one to the right is NY1. And from the beginning of this show, they must have shown the picture of this pastor and his nine-year-old beautiful, angelic, blonde little girl 50 times. She's dead, by the way. She's one of the three kids, William Kinney. No picture yet. Evelyn Deakhouse, no picture yet. And this little girl, who you're going to see a thousand times today, Hallie Scruggs. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound heartless, and it's going to piss a lot of people off, and I don't care. I really believe these media people, who are liberals and Democrats, get off on this stuff. I do. I don't think they care. Because... I've already told my guys here, I'd like to shut these TVs off and move on to something else. Show me the Nick highlights from last night. CNN has showed repeatedly this morning the actual video, the actual video of this monster. And I'm not sure it's a boy or a girl, it's transgender, I don't know, I don't care. Shooting its way through a door. And then you actually see the glass break, you can hear it, see the smoke, and then you see this monster enter the building. Then they've got another video of the shooter walking around by what looks like a fax machine by an administrative office moments before the shooter walks through another door where I believe the shooting starts. This uh, person said on Instagram, one day this will make more sense But today, something very bad is going to happen. So they're continuously showing the video of this shooter. Red hat, green army pants, carrying two guns. I don't want to see it. I remember I got so angry with the news coverage on 9-11. I saw the planes hit the buildings. And the first three or four or five times, sure, you almost have to see it. But when they showed it for the hundredth time, the planes hitting the buildings, I was nauseous. It became perverse. And you have to understand, folks, and I said this earlier, these people are so caught up in the politics of these shootings. Because what do Democrats really have? What do they have? They've got abortion and they've got gun control. That's it. They stand for nothing, nothing. Everything they believe in 
is part of the reason why the fabric of our country is deteriorating every single day. Everything they believe in. That includes my sister, who I love dearly, and all of her friends. They're animals. These people are destroying this country. And here it is again, MSNBC. There's your shooter walking around the school. Why? Why? Why do we need to see that time and time again? We got it. Another crazy person, crazy, sick, angry, deranged, in this case, transgender, I don't care, person, shot a bunch of kids. And like I said earlier, you want to become infamous? You want your name and your likeness to live forever? You do what Adam Lanza did in Sandy Hook. You do what the kid did in Ovalde, Texas, what Nicholas Cruz did in Parkland, and what this monster did yesterday, because... If you just shoot six or seven people, as horrific and tragic as that is, at a Walmart, you move on. But you walk into a school, then you've got lifelong infamy. They'll always remember you, especially in Nashville. But these people are so set on these gun laws that they will show this all day. They don't care that nine-year-olds are dead, like I said earlier, rigor mortis hasn't even set in. And this mother effer, Joe Biden, is talking about gun control. And his piece of garbage speaker, Corrine Jean-Pierre, is doing the same. And I'll repeat what I said at 620 this morning. If you can find this, I'll shut up. Find the instance where a gun got out of bed in the morning, a gun made itself breakfast, a gun got dressed, a gun exited its house and went into its car, a gun drove that car a couple of miles to a school with a bunch of little children, a gun exited the vehicle and walked towards the school, a gun all by itself shot through a back door, to make sure they get easy entry and not get discovered. A gun entered the school and by itself shot little kids. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Law, where winning is no accident. I haven't seen that yet. You know, I said earlier, and this is a fact, the states with the strictest gun laws in this country and the cities have the most shootings. Isn't that ironic? Who's got the most shootings? Chicago. They have very strict gun laws, folks. New York, we've got very strict gun laws. I'm all for stricter gun laws. See, my issue is, because I know what I'm talking about, when you make the gun laws stricter, you make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens, askglobalsecurity.com, for law-abiding citizens to get a gun. Because this monster yesterday 
I'm not going to say this person's name. No reason to do it. This person was going to kill, whether they got the gun legally, illegally, whether it was an AR-15, which is not an assault weapon. It would be nice if Biden and Pierre and some of these people in Congress knew what they were talking about. I mean, I don't, I don't have a gun. I've never even fired a gun. But I know what's an assault weapon and what's not. And that's not an assault weapon. And even if it was, once again, it could be purchased illegally, then it doesn't shoot by itself. So the question becomes, when will people in charge address the real issue? What has happened to our society where people are so angry that they want to shoot up kids in an effort to go out in a hail of glory? What has happened? It's not the guns. Guns have been around forever, folks. Forever. Not as many. I understand that. But they've been around forever. This is a relatively new phenomenon. Yes, we had school shootings before 1999. But since those two animals, Dylan Klebold and Mark Harris, took to the streets of Columbine in Colorado, that was 1999. Since then, the last... 23-plus years, it's every week. Every week. And now you have people entering schools that don't even go there anymore, coming back. The kid from Uvalde, Texas, he was gone from that school. He went there, he came back. This person yesterday, long gone, in their 20s, went to that school, came back. Nicholas Cruz, I believe, was, no, he also came back down in Parkland. They had unfinished business. They were bullied or who knows what. I don't know. Look, I think bullying is a horrible thing. I've got a son who's an angel. He's been bullied. I was bullied at Poly Prep, made fun of because I was Jewish time and time again. That's right, Poly Prep. You know, Arthurite Dollar's not going to be happy to hear this, but it's a fact bunch of tough Italian kids, and they made my life miserable, miserable in 1980 in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Miserable. But I didn't go out and get a gun because at the end of the day, while I was really depressed and really sad and scared, scared, my dad would drop me off, and that three-minute walk into that school with that big white tower, I was scared. And I had all the tough guys as my friends, all of them. Danny Fagliano, Gary Hanna, didn't matter. But it never crossed my mind to buy a gun and kill somebody. You know why? Because I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. What comes first? Crazy comes first. Then, the weapon of choice. So when are we going to address the real issue? When? Stop talking about gun control. Stop talking about AR-15. Stop talking about Republicans. Stop talking about Congress. These little kids are dead. They're dead. They're laying on the floor dead in school. I got a, I got a son, too, who goes to school. I don't have to worry about this type of stuff. But I don't know who the next crazy person is. It's sad, man. MSNBC, Joe and Mika, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Don Lemon, 
this piece of crap, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know, there are people. I've heard uh, Eugene Robinson say it on MSNBC. He thinks we should show pictures of dead little kids in their classroom just to get the point across. Is that right, Eugene? God forbid it was your child on the cover of the New York Post. That's how you get the point across. And what point are you trying to get across anyway? It's a sad day, folks. We've got a serious issue in this country. A serious issue. I know a lot of very good people who own guns, very good people. They never use it. They've got it for protection. Almost everybody I know has got a gun. They've never shot it. Bo Deedle's coming up at 740, was a cop in the most dangerous city, never shot his gun. Not about the guns. So I beg the people in charge to stop the politics, stop the lies, stop the bullcrap, and address the real issue, which is this country, we've gone crazy. Back after this. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Classic separate ways. Phone just blew up my Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram. Facebook, Sid Rosenberg as well. A lot of um a lot of listeners appreciated the last segment. I appreciate that. I did kind of break down, but I just I got I got kids, you know, and I worry about this stuff. I really do. I really worry about it. I don't worry about the guns, as my friend Ralph Napolitano points out. Back in the 50s and 60s, kids would take shotguns to school. They didn't shoot anybody. I'm worried about all these crazy kids 
I don't care if this person was transgender unless that had something to do with the shooting. If if we find out that this person was ridiculed and depressed and suicidal because they were transgender and this was the way they lashed out, then it matters. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. What do I care? So I need to know some more about that. Hey, uh, Pat Russo. I love this guy, Pat Russo, cop. And, you know, he puts together all these uh, boxing shows between the fire department and the police. Keeps a lot of kids off the streets. Guess what? See those kids that Pat Russo puts in the in the gym, fighting, boxing? Those kids ain't shooting anybody. Right? They ain't shooting anybody. Nice job. So they got a big event coming up. I believe it's on uh, March the 31st. It is on March the 31st. And I want you folks to uh, go out there and support it. It's 8 p.m. It's the FDNY and the NYPD boxing teams. There's a live stream you can purchase for $20 and watch the event. Because I guess it's already sold out. You go to copsandkidsboxing.com. That's copsandkidsboxing.com. Pat Russo's kid, Frank, is fighting. He ran the um, half marathon last week. So did Danielle. Danielle did a great time. But his kid did like 90 minutes. All of the proceeds for this event go to Tunnel to Towers and the New York City Cops and Kids. It's a great event, March 31st, 8 p.m., copsandkidsboxing.com. Check it out. My friend, uh, Pat Russo. NYPD count. Oh, I see, I can't read these articles. Katz, my main man, John Katz-Matidis, just sent me something about somebody from counterterrorism that just resigned, I guess. But I can't read these because I don't subscribe to the Daily News because, well, I just don't. Even though I'm in it all the time, this uh, jackass Chris Sommerfeld, who is obsessed with Mayor Eric Adams and now me, finds a way to write stories about the two of us every couple of weeks. And when the mayor is on and the mayor will join me on Thursday because it's opening day at Yankee Stadium, you can bet your bottom dollar Chris Sommerfeld will write a story attacking Eric Adams for spending time with a quote-unquote pro-Trump radio host, and that is me. Yes, I'm pro-Trump, Chris. I'm anti-you, but I'm pro-Trump. Trump was at it again last night, talking to Sean Hannity, before we get to Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Dick Morris, 840. And then the president of the New York Yankees, very excited about this, Randy Levine coming up at 905. Yankees set to host the San Francisco Giants in the Bronx on Thursday. Yes, opening day is here. Oh, my God, I look sexy. You know what happens? The show starts, there's no video. Was that just in the middle of everything? Yes, because the show starts and there's no video. And then eventually, sometime during the morning, usually about now, about 7.30, Eric Salas, who uh, runs the video department, I guess he does, maybe Kevin, I don't know, he shows up and all of a sudden the screen pops on. And there I am in living color, wearing my blue, tight Joseph Abood cashmere sweater. Very distracting. It is, even for myself. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Yeah. How do you do it? I don't know. It's how to sound like Trump. So he's on Hamdi last night. What the hell was he talking about here? He talked about the economy and the bank failures. And he said he wouldn't have bailed anybody out. So this is a Donald Trump, number 12, courtesy of Sean Hannity in Fox News last night. 
I wouldn't have supported the bailout. Uh, the bank would have to get along by itself, and maybe they could have. What happened with the bank is interest rates went too high. And, you know, I had my own situation with Powell, and I beat the hell out of him. I was not a big fan of Powell. I was rec he was recommended by some people. I didn't like him. Uh, he's uh, too interest rate happy. What you do is you get the oil prices down. That's bigger than interest rates. The only thing. And what happened is we took an oil, and now we take an interest rates. Those banks failed because the interest rates were too high. They stupidly bought long-term treasuries. Ten-year treasuries. Well, they bought long-term, longer than that even. Mm. And they bought long-term, and those treasuries got crushed because Powell keeps raising interest rates. But that's up to Biden. He's going to have to worry about that himself. You know, in theory. How would you fix it? Uh, well, I would have done a big number on Powell like I did. I did. I did a very big number. In fact, uh, he wasn't budgeting. You wouldn't have given he up eventually. Energy. He eventually cut him so much that it almost caused a problem. People said, how come he's cutting me up? Cut him almost a point yeah. immediately because he thought I was going to fire him, okay, which some people said I had the right to do. Other people said, you don't. You know, when you put them there, rightfully, they have to have some protection, et cetera, et cetera, from a president. But how much of this is But I thought he was hurting the economy. But this is the money shot, President Donald Trump, who continues to do well in the polls, very well. I know some people are upset, the baseball bat photo, which they've since taken down. It doesn't seem to be bothering a lot of people, folks. I got to tell you, you're not going to get a lot of people sympathetic for this fat loser, this Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. Even if uh, the president did talk about death and destruction, which you would think with January 6th still out there, it's not smart. It doesn't seem to be bothering a lot of people. His numbers keep going up and up, although I shouldn't say that, actually, because there is a story in today's New York Post where Ron DeSantis right now has the edge in both Iowa and New Hampshire. So we'll take a closer look at that. But here's the money shot Trump on Hannity last night talked about Ukraine-Russia. And he said, hey, if I win, it's over. Not in a year. Not in a month, not in a week, in a day. Putin said, if you're my friend, I'd hate to see you as an enemy. He told me that. I got along very well with Putin. By the way, I'd be able to work that out. It would have never happened in a million years. And even the Democrats admit that. But if this thing isn't solved by the time we have the election, which is possible, it won't be. And there's also possible we'll be in World War III with these idiots that are doing what they're doing. You could end up in a nuclear world war, which will make World War I and World War II look like patty cakes, okay? Patty uh, cakes? This unbelievable, because we have people that don't know what they're doing. But if it's not solved, I will have it solved in 24 hours with Zelensky and with Putin. And there's a very easy negotiation to take place, but I don't want to tell you what it is, because then I can't use that negotiation. It'll never work. Well, I like the fact he doesn't want to tell us what it is. Nobody does a better job of telling the enemy what's going to happen before than Biden and Obama. Nobody does. So I like that about Trump. But uh, he says 24 hours. It's all over. Once again, that was courtesy of my friend Sean Hannity in Fox News last night. We will talk to Boris Epstein, Trump's counsel, senior advisor, coming up on Friday. And Dick Morris is stopping by today. The great Bo Deedle is coming up next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. This is obviously the best version ever of All Along the Watchtower, the late, great Jimi Hendrix. But I must tell you, Lewis, that uh, Bono and you 2 did a version of this. They, uh, they actually showed up one day no. in San Francisco. Oh, that was a great version. Great. You know they got arrested that day, you 2 You know why? Uh, for, for playing too much music? No. They showed <laughs> up unannounced by, like, the freeway in San Francisco. Did a couple of numbers, including this one. And they and Bono spray painted one of his uh, political deals on like the one of the uh, freeways, and they got arrested for graffiti. Bono and you too. I believe that's a true story. And Jesus Christ came along and said, "Now, now, what are you going to do?" I'll leave him alone, God. <laughs> My God, <laughs> I could you like him one day, you don't like him one day. What? What is it? You, you, you're going through their garbage like a rabid fan. You've got to chill. They did a good version of that song, bro. I'm, I'm scared to tell you what's coming out in about a month, too, what, what they're going to release. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't even know why I just said it now. Oh, my God. You have to tell me. Please. I've been. It's been such a sad morning with this shooting. Give me something to be happy about. They're re-recording their songs and doing them, and I don't know. They're no, releasing they're some Come on. track. Yeah, I can't believe you, oh my God. you, the stalker of Bono. Well, I haven't talked to him lately. I've been very busy. You know, you go to Nick games. I got to talk to the mayor. I get back and forth with the, with the Trump's office. I'm busy, you know. I saw you talking to that uh, Chris Rock fella. That's, uh, yeah. uh, that's uh, Chris Rock. Yeah, last that's night. right. I'm in Dublin. Yeah. Leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to go spray paint uh, Bono's God. Well, let me tell you this: it doesn't matter how many celebrities, political people I speak to, I don't come close to Bo Deedle. That's the man right there. Good morning, Chad Lopez. How are you? Uh, Bo's the man, uh, whether it's uh, protecting New Yorkers, which he did as one of the best cops in the history of this city for the better part of two decades, to the brilliant actor he's become today, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, Goodfellas, all these great TV shows, Godfather of Harlem. He is amazing in that, Gravesend and all of that. And most importantly, my dearest friend now in this city for the better part of 30 years, the great Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Hey, good morning. Uh, you know, first of all, I feel the same way as you. My heart really goes out. I got a lot of information for the listeners on this thing. I've been watching it. I've been monitored. And there's some really heavy-duty statistics that all these idiots, including the the, uh, the president, they're worrying about. The first things out of his mouth is about chocolate chip ice cream when you had three little children gunned down and three others by this uh, uh, transgender again. You know, I'm not going to get into the transgender reasons why. All I know that that person, it, whatever you want to call he, she, he, I don't really care, killed six innocent people. Here's my thing to people like that who are really upset with their life and all that. Why don't you start the shooting by putting the gun in your own friggin' mouth and blow right. your brains out? Start right, right. there yep. before you shoot other people. Yep. That's my That's my statement to anybody that wants to shoot innocent people. 
And, I, and I, I always said the same thing, too. You see these domestic abuse, yeah. uh, disputes, yeah. Paul, which you've been a part of. And the husband, yeah. you know, the husband wants to kill the wife. So he kills, like, the kid, his own child, yeah. to really upset yeah. the wife. Just kill yourself. Kill yourself. You know, and we, and we understand, you know, there's a manifesto, and I'm sure it's going to come out. This is a pretty religious school, the way it looks like the uh, Christian common school. I'm sure they are not in major support of transgender and, and all these things. And I think that will come out to be one of the reasons why this, and let's not even use its name, because it said, like your mother said, what does your mother call the president? The creature in the White House. Now, this, <laughs> let's just call this thing a creature, okay? And I'm glad. And my congratulations, you have to look at an upside of this. Those cops, those two cops that responded there, they responded there in, in a few minutes. They were there, and they took this this creature out in a matter of time. Otherwise, I, there's no doubt in my yep. mind yep. you would have had a lot more uh, more people, and they went inside. Used to be where they closed the perimeter. Remember what happened in a lot of the schools? They call in the hostage negotiator, and everyone's afraid to go in. No, it's changed now. The police arrive, and there's a shooting. You go in. You find you, you got to pick up a garbage can. You go in that school, and you stop that shooter because you're the only difference between maybe five or six more little children getting yeah. killed. And those, those cops are real, real uh, heroes, and I'm, I'm, I, I just can't talk enough. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I, I used to fight with Lydia because I got sick yeah. and tired of hearing about the cops in Uvalde. Now, we know those yeah. cops ended up being cowards, did a terrible yeah. job. But, but I always say, look, they're human beings. If they were scared, it's not good. But that's yeah, well, for some a, of these folks, it's human nature. These guys were the complete opposite. But I got tired yeah. of the cop bashing in Uvalde, too. I really did. Right, and there's a there's a lot of scared cops out there. And again, uh, the, the 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 New York City Police Department and police departments across this country have le- lessened their qualifications. And the big thing comes down. Let's put it down right at all. We're throwing money away, ten billion dollars in immigrants. How about paying the cops? $100,000 a year where they can take care of their families, where they can be the professionals that we want. We're throwing this money around for all these illegal cucarachas coming over the border. Why aren't we worrying about, why aren't we worried about cops? Now I'm going to give you some statistics. And these statistics I haven't given to anyone. I do do my research. And in, 19, in 2022, Sid, you're so right one thing about Biden, Biden worrying about gun wars. But here's the real facts. And these facts come from the United States Center for Disease Control. In the year 2022, majority of liberal progressive democratic cities are where these killings take place. Over 20,138 firearm deaths, homicides. Listen to this number. There was 48,000 firearm homicides, but that includes suicides. So we're talking about Almost 50,000 people across this country in 2022. Now, here we go. All you mass shooting psychopaths that think, oh, we got to take the big, the automatic guns away. Here, I'll give you the real statistic. And one is too many. One is too many. There were 672 out of almost 20,000 killed in mass shootings. 622 
against 20,000 other killings. So these mass shootings, they like to put them on the headline. They like to put them on the paper and all that kind of stuff. But every day, our children, mostly minority children, are being gunned down. And where is the outrage? And they only like to look at this uh, or, uh, school shooting and all that to, to rally around. Let's rally around one thing. The people are killing people on our streets, and you said it right. The gun doesn't wake up and say, I'm going to kill somebody. The person pulling the trigger, That's the right. person who's getting away yeah. with carrying that gun every day will eventually kill somebody with that illegal Of course, and, and, and you just made another brilliant point, Bo, because they can't wait. And I know it sounds morbid, and a part of me yeah. feels bad. They can't wait to keep showing this picture of this pastor and his nine-year-old daughter, Haley Scruggins. Why? Because she's a white little girl with blonde hair. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. But the ten little black kids who just got gunned down in Chicago last weekend, where is is Kamala Harris, the black vice president, talking about that? Yeah, she's over in Africa making deals for money for Biden and her, dancing around like the fool that she is. And listen to me, these statistics, your listeners are hearing right now, these are the facts. Don't listen to the nonsense on CNBC and all. These are facts. I'd like someone to answer with these facts that I just gave you, because this is the facts of what's going on. And again, we're releasing people carrying guns every day. Eventually, they will kill somebody. And who are the victims? Are the minorities in our communities, in our democratic, progressive-run cities? Now, that's all I got to say about this. I'll be on Thursday, too. You didn't mention me, but I'll be there on your show. But listen. You mentioned everybody else. Oh, you're, 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 I st- you're right. I forget well, sometimes. You know, uh, 905 I, 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 in studio. You're right. You're and right. I, and I come with it. Now I know you're going to get a little angry at me, Sid, but I Uh-oh. love you like a son. Uh-oh. I read that New York Post editorial on Saturday, and they wrote it about uh, uh, your friend Donald Trump. Now listen. <laughs> listen. To when, when Trump posed with the baseball bat, they had it on the cover and all that. Uh, he, but listen, Donald Trump, aren't we better than those rioters? Aren't we better than Antifa? Aren't we smarter? He has not changed in, his, in, in, in the slightest. This has come from the editorial. He riled up the rioters we know on January 6th was horrible. He's the one cheering for a coup. He actually agreed with hanging Vice President Pence. I mean, this is not America. This is not a person that I want to in control of my government. I need someone who's going to be respectful to everyone. And he also, when you give him money, you'll see what happens. Oh, I love you. Stop giving you money. Stop giving him money. And then he'll fight against you. He goes against you. I'm getting tired about this whole thing. And if you understand one thing, child insults. The emperor has no clothes. This was quoted from the New York Post. All he could do is take down. Now his new target is that young man who served in the armed service, the governor of Florida, and he can't say it. He got him elected. Hey, Donald, how'd you do in the midterms? Every one of the people you supported, we should have had control of the Senate and the Congress. But you, you were the one that they voted against. And anybody could deny my facts right now, then they're smoking crack. You know what? I turned away again, Sid. You almost had me. But after, the, after, after this last episode, then he goes on. Then he goes on penis licking Hannity's show. All of a sudden, he goes on his show, and he's over there. Yes, and Hannity's there. Yes, Mr. President. I'm sorry to tell you, Hannity, he ain't gonna win. We're going to get a president in here. Oh, oh hold on a second. Hold on. Now, now, aren't you uh, friends? I know I've no. been to Rails when Sean's been sitting there for a long time with Hannity. 
Yeah, he left me like Christ left the Jews. Right. <laughs> he left me. All I could tell you is one thing. All I could tell you is one thing, Sid. He was one of my very dear friends. And when this whole thing with Fox occurred, he didn't have the, the courtesy to pick up the phone. Wow. They tell he couldn't put Bo Deedle on his show. Well, Sean, why don't you find your ball bag and put me on his show? What are you afraid of? The uh, the two, two lucky sperms. What's their name? The Murdoch little boys. Those lucky sperms. Yeah, I couldn't go on Hannity's show, and he never stuck up me. I haven't heard from this guy in a year. He's just like Trump. You give you give people credence, and then all of a sudden they leave you. You know what? He could go because I tell you what. When Trump loses, I'll call you, Sean. We'll play a little golf, and maybe you'll understand the reason why Trump will not yeah. win. Well, well, here's the good news, though, Bo. You're on this show, uh, let me make this point very clear, twice a week, 7.40 every Tuesday, and 9.05 in studio every Thursday. I have more people listening in these 13 minutes with you this morning than Sean Hannity does in a week. Just take that. Sid, Sid, listen to me. The great part about doing your show and about John and about WABC is I can talk the way I talk. I can talk and tell the truth. No one is holding me back. You know what, Fox? You can kiss my butt. And did you know they banned me? They banned me from going in the Fox building. My picture, I did nothing wrong. I'm going to talk to my lawyer, Joe Takapina. I might sue Fox. I might show you, Fox. You can't stop me. I have an impeccable career. But Takapina won't do that because he's tight with Sean Hannity. Very. You, you want to know something? Yeah. Takapina is my other son. He'll do what I ask him. To <laughs> I know. Do. I know. My yes, he is. Listen, all and of us, all, 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 of our, all of our loyalties, me, Takapina, anybody with a little bit of juice in this city, and I mean this sincerely, anybody with a little bit of juice in this city, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're the guy, Bo. You're number one. Well, listen, to be very simple, Takapina is the attorney, the attorney that will take on cases that other people, if he believes in the case, he believes, and I believe also, that President Trump is being politically prosecuted. We all agree with that, Sid. That's why when I'm being politically prosecuted by the uh, the, the two sons there, the two lucky Murdoch sons, when when Mr. Murdoch's getting married again, he had about 15 wives. Why don't you put it in your pants? <laughs> what, you get the pump there, Mr. Murdoch? Oh what, you get the pump, pump inserted? You're 93 years old. Go to the bath and go to sleep and put a dog tag on yourself and get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Both of you. Oh, that is a great appearance. And I'm going to see your friend Joe Tyler. Takapina tonight and his son Matt, me, Joe, and Matt Takapina, Pete Morgan, all going to the Rangers Columbus game tonight at Madison Square Garden. And, and yes, and tell him he's going to have a new take. <laughs> you got it, Bo. And Bo will be back uh, live in studio on Thursday morning as part of a huge lineup on Thursday. Judge Napolitano, Mayor Eric Adams, the head coach at FAU, Dusty May, Bill O'Reilly, and Bo Deedle all coming up on Thursday. Bo, another magical appearance. I love you to pieces. Great job. Thank you so much. Thank you. There he is, the great Bo Deedle. Tuesday mornings at 740 Thursday mornings, live in studio at 9.05. Still to come, 
Dick Morris on President Trump. The president of the New York Yankees, as Yankees set start, set I should say, to start their season opening day this Thursday in the Bronx. They'll host the San Francisco Giants. Randy Levine stopping by this morning. Plus, maybe a surprise as well. And Sid's take only halfway through this epic Tuesday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Come on. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. The whole country is f***ed up. School shootings every week. An opioid epidemic. Abortion is illegal in most of the country. In most of the country, abortion is illegal. A lot of people say, Chris, you shouldn't talk about abortion. It's a woman's issue. Say, Chris, you shouldn't talk about abortion. It's a woman's issue. And I'm like, hey, I've paid for more abortions than any woman in this room. Then when I go to the clinic, I say, give me the usual. Brian Ferry, Roxy Music, Slave to Love. This is a nine and a half weeks, I think, with uh, Bassinger and Mickey Rourke. That was Chris Rock. The irony there, he starts off, this country is effed up. School shootings every week. And what are we talking about this morning? Another school shooting. Crazy. That was from his Netflix special, which was a long time ago. And we're talking about another School shooting, six dead, including three kids under the age of 10 at a Christian school in Tennessee. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary, as I stated two hours ago, of the slap heard round the world, like Bobby Richardson, Ralph Branca, the shot heard round the world, the slap heard round the world, one year ago yesterday. Will Smith and Chris Rock. Little did I know I would see Chris Rock on that Day, the one-year anniversary, last night at Madison Square Garden. Well, thanks to my dear friend, real estate mogul Corey Zelnick, me, Danielle, Gabriel, and Gabriel's friend Ashton sat second row, right behind Mike Breen, Walt Clyde Frazier, at the garden, watched Emmanuel quickly 
put in a career-high 40 points. The Knickerbockers snapped their three-game losing streak, blew out the lowly Houston Rockets, beat them by 22, improved to 10 games over 500. The Knicks are locked in that five seed, the five-and-a-half back of the Cavs. They can't catch them. So you're basically, not basically, you're guaranteed a first-round playoff matchup of the Cavaliers and the Knicks with the deciding game played in Cleveland. But last night was great. The Knicks looked great. Quickly, big night. Julius Randle, big night. R.J. Barrett played well. Even Toppin threw in 15 off the bench. But the highlight for me was, uh, well, of course, Breen, but Chris Rock. Halftime came, and I walked right over to his seat. He was sitting right by the scorer's table. And I said, Chris, man, I love you. I had never met Chris Rock before. Never. Met a lot of people. And I just told you, what, two weeks ago, how much Danielle and I enjoyed that Chris Rock special. It was brilliant. There were two parts I didn't love. Talked about January 6th. He sounded really misinformed. And he also talked about how white people have a lot of nerve claiming they're victims these days. Sorry, Chris, but you're wrong there, too, because we are. (laughs) But outside of that, it was a brilliant piece of comedy work. I loved it. I really did. I loved it. So I saw him. I'm like, uh, AMC, WABC, nice to meet you. And he was with some attractive woman. Of course he was. And I'm like, can we grab a picture quickly? He was being escorted by security back to the club for halftime. And he took a very nice picture. You can watch, uh, you can see it right now at Rosenberg.Sydney on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney. And, of course, my Facebook page, Sid Rosenberg as well, me and Chris Rock. And then the... The highlight after that was when the game was over, and for some reason, most of the crowd stayed last night, usually in a 30-point. Knicks were up by 32 with four minutes to go. 32. Nobody left. So when the game was over, the crowd stood up, gave the team a rousing round of applause, and I noticed Chris Rock looked over at me to his right, gave me that big Chris Rock smile and a thumbs up. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. See, it doesn't matter how big I get or this show gets. And I'm big. I'm big. Trust me. I know some of you don't want to hear that. It bothers you. Tough. It is what it is. I'm big. But Chris Rock, that's a whole other galaxy. Whole other galaxy. You sure he was looking at you? No. Okay. Could have easily been talk, uh, looking at Danielle. <laughs> okay. That, that's easily more. Yeah. Or no, nobody behind you, nobody like another. No, nobody famous. No, nobody famous. I, right. I felt like he was looking right at me, but here you go. Like you're like the you're like the people on Facebook. You just you yeah, just can't <laughs> let me have a great moment. You can't do it. I'm sure he was looking at you. No, you're not. Well, I, there's just no way to know for sure. Well, his eyes were looking at my eyes. Well, yeah, what else you need to know? What were they well, saying? Well, Linus, I like, Linus like could be confusing sometimes. Why are you guys so jealous? Huh? You're part of my team. All the success I'm having, you're part of it. So basically, Chris Rock gave me a thumbs up last night. That's correct. Okay. I'll so now, it, now, now do you think he was looking at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, for a Monday night, lousy night too, raining, cold, Monday night, the Rockets are the worst team in the NBA, the worst. That's a good young player. His Kenyon Martin's kid is on that team, and this kid Green can jump through the roof and Porter, but they're bad. It was a packed crowd of stars. You had uh, Chris Rock, Kevin Bacon, Edie Falco, Judd Apatow's daughter, Maud, uh, Leon Rose, who's a really good actor, a couple of fat white guys I've never heard of, but it said actor. So. You had, um, well, whatever, there's a lot of famous people there. So, 
in the last couple of weeks, I've been to a bunch of Knicks games. And what game? Mostly. I've seen Liv Schreiber. I've seen Kevin Bacon. I've seen Chris Rock. And like I said earlier, I live in Queens, you know. I moved to Queens after spending six years living in New York City. And I very rarely went when I lived in the city. That's the funny part. But this year, I've gotten all these opportunities. And we've gone to, in fact, I'm going back tonight, the Ranger game. Me, Joseph Takapina, Pete Morgan, Joe's son, Matt. And this will be the third time in a month I go to the Garden on successive nights. That's how much I've taken advantage of this. But if I was living in Queens, like I will be back in May, and I can't wait, I can't go to these games because I can't get back to Bell Harbor at 10 o'clock at night. But now, living in Battery Park, it's easy. So that's why living in the city, even though it's exorbitantly expensive, and there's homeless and criminals and duty everywhere, and it stinks, there are advantages. And you can take advantage of all the great things, the entertainment, the nightlife the city has to offer, and be home in 20 minutes, which you can't do if you live in the other boroughs. Uh, Justin, you live in the city, and you do nothing. Nothing. Uh, I'm very busy, actually, on a daily basis. <sighs> Doing what? What do you do? You do nothing. No, well, I mean, I'm, you know. No. What do you say? I'm here. Right. I'm Hello? here until yeah. and. I'm here until 1, and then yeah. I go and uh, run errands. Yesterday I went food shopping, and today I'm probably going to... Um, I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, so this uh, this school shooting thing. Well, I've been over this a bunch of times this morning. Bo Deedle did a very good job, too, with those statistics last hour. But you know how I feel. You know how I feel. I'm sick of the president talking about... I'm not even going to play his comments. I have comments here from Biden, Kareem Jean-Pierre, F them. F them both. Like I said this morning, rigor mortis hasn't even set in. These little kids are dead on the floor in their classroom, and they're yelling about gun control. I mean, it's, it's so nauseating. And as Bo pointed out, which I did all morning long before, the cities with the strictest gun laws, all Democrat cities, by the way, Chicago, New York, we've got the most crime. We've got the most gun issues. So it ain't about making the laws stricter because the strictest cities – have the most violence. You want to do it? How about it? Bang your head against the wall. Until we solve crazy, people will continue to kill. Till we solve crazy, till we figure out what has happened to our society, the fabric of our society that has deteriorated to the point where people now have come to the realization, if I want to be famous, I'm going to kill kids. That's what people decide to do, not guns. Guns don't think. There's no brain in a gun. Nothing. It's a coffee maker. Right? You put the coffee in, whether it's the beans or a Keurig, and the next thing you got a cup of coffee. A gun's a machine. Without the human being acquiring the gun, firing the gun, and being crazy enough to kill, a gun couldn't hurt a bug. Not a bug. And all we do is talk about, right away, I mean, right away, I can, I won't even watch TV. I want to punch Joe Scarborough across the face. I want to kick the crap out of Don Lemon. I can't stand Mika, all these people sitting there uh, crying, oh, they're so sad over this. In the meantime, they've done nothing for the last two hours but cover this. That's it. That's all they want to talk about. Now they've got Dick Durbin on. And let me tell you something, Dick, that's a perfect name for this guy. 
These are the worst people. All they care about is abortion and gun control. They've got nothing else. They stand for nothing else. So every time there's a school shooting, while they feign horror, sit on TV in tears, I'm telling you, folks, it's going to sound crazy. They couldn't be happier. There's just something else they can rail against the Democrats, against the Republicans, I should say. Another issue, more dead kids, and no one seems to care but us. Only we care. Right. So Trump was on Hannity last night, this psycho. I say that, uh, but he's still my choice for president. And uh, even more people like Bo try to talk me out of it. And Bo's got a great case. You know, I called Boris yesterday. He's Trump's guy. He's on with me every week. He's on Friday. And I said, the whole baseball bat thing, he said, listen, it's down. We took it down. I said, I know that. But you know what reminds me of Lewis? You know, there's a trial going on, and somebody screams out something really horrible about the defendant. And you hear the, strike that from the jury. Well, it's too late. The jury already heard it. The jury already heard Dwayne Shintzes say, I saw Jason Williams kick the dog. You can strike it, but it's already out there. So you can take down the photo of President Trump with a baseball bat, but it's already out there. Now what am I supposed to say? But even when all that said, death and destruction and baseball bats, he's still the right guy to run this country. I know it sounds nuts, but I'm watching DeSantis. I got to tell you, DeSantis, I think he's a pussy. I do. He's on with Piers Morgan. He's got 19 different ways to throw a haymaker, and he throws a left jab. Like, I'm getting tired of DeSantis. Well, you know, it's great. He's taking the high road. No, no. This is a battle royale. This is real boxing. Forget about Conor McGregor. Forget about Floyd Mayweather. This is the real blood sport. Somebody's got to save us from Joe Biden and these idiots. I need somebody out there. They may be crazy. Trump's crazy. At times, stupid, idiotic. He's all those things. He's all of them. But I know I watched him run this country. And for three and a half years, he wasn't good. He was great. And he'll do and say anything, sometimes as gross as it is, to get back there. I know that. But I told you folks a million times, I, I started to care less and less about what he said, what he tweeted. And I started to care more about policy. Now, look, Ron DeSantis has stolen, let me say it again, has stolen all of Trump's policies. Ron DeSantis hasn't had an original idea yet. Not one. Not one. Actually, I stand corrected. The parental act was great. And I would vote for Ron DeSantis tomorrow. But he has not, for me, come off like a tough guy, a guy we need to change this. He just hasn't. I know he's, it's easy, right? He's the governor of Florida. Florida's great. He's done a good job. He's second in the polls. He's winning right now in Iowa and New Hampshire. It's easy. I get all that. But he ain't Trump. This guy, Trump, he doesn't care, and that's what we need. So the baseball bat and all that, stupid. Stupid more than anything. I mean, the guy's, the guy's still trying to fight off January 6th. 
You know, why give these people more ammunition? Stupid more than anything else. I'm not worried that somebody's going to see that and actually take a baseball bat to Alvin Bragg. Another despicable human being, by the way. So if anything, Donald Trump is hurting himself there, not the country. He's hurting himself, and I wish he would stop doing that. But that is not an argument that he's not the right man to run this country. What, because he's crazy? So what? You need crazy to deal with Putin. You need crazy to deal with Rocket Man. You need crazy to deal with Ping. Crazy wins. How do I know? I saw it for four years. Crazy wins. Give me back Trump. Anyway, do you think I love Donald Trump? <laughs> Wait till late 40. Dick Morris. Almost feel like I should wear a condom when he comes on. Once you start talking about Trump. <laughs> and then the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, Yankees and Giants, opening day in the Bronx, coming up on Thursday. The interesting thing about the first condoms, Sid, were they were developed in Egypt when the pharaohs, well, maybe this is too long to get into now. I don't know. That's Dick Morris. But that's, you see, the, a papyrus was not working the right way so the ancient ones would actually pray towards the other side of the sun and then the papyrus would get tougher i got it and then uh the uh, the uh, the act would not be as so as a, as conscriptuous well done lou rapino yes, we'll t- 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 I, I don't know what i just said but it's WABC. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I just would like to go on record of saying I think this is a colossal mistake if they bring these charges. Um, not this one. First of all, it's not going to work. It's going to be rocket fuel for his 2024 campaign. And it's just going to look to MAGA Nation like, oh, you know, you tried with Mueller. You tried with Ukraine. You tried with January 6th. Now we go to the porn star. Really? You're down to that? That was Bill Maher. Even Bill Maher has figured out that this is a loser. In fact, despite what Chuck Todd said on Sunday and to me personally on Friday, all four cases are losers, all of them. Georgia, January 6th, Mar-a-Lago, and this fat loser, Alvin Bragg, the president of the New York Yankees. Boy, the Yankees are banged up, man. That starting pitching is, they've been ravaged. 
Haven't played a game yet, but yes. Randy Levine, no, the president of the team, will join us next, 9.05. Yankees opening day, Thursday, two days in the Bronx, hosting the San Francisco Giants. So we'll talk to him. But my next guest is, uh, well, he's a star here, noon to one on Sundays. And um, he's also on Newsmax. I saw him at Newsmax last week. I was um, there saying hello to a friend. And he was there, and he was complimenting me on my physique. He's also a pollster, a political commentator, an author, and one of Donald Trump's best buddies. Here he is, Dick Morris. Dick, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. I, I'm amazed you have time in the mornings to do radio because it looks like you work out every hour. <laughs> when you said that on Friday, I must have told a thousand people that, including yeah, Boris Epstein. I'm like, my guy Dick Morris said I'm in great shape, so thank you for that. That's very sweet. You heard that. Uh, thank you, Dick. You heard Bill uh, Bill Moore there. Both Republicans yeah, and Democrats have come to the realization this is a loser, and uh, they need to, to leave Donald Trump alone with this, yes? I, yes, of course. I also appreciate you playing my music. That for those who don't watch, yes, my show. Yes, Lou Rufino Yes, yes, yes. Stuck in the middle with you, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, and that's my political profile. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, you, you, I, Mark, with, that was Bill Maher. That's great. He was absolutely right. It's rocket fuel for the candidacy, and everybody knows that it's meaningless and it has all kinds of detriments for the democrats first of all it's going to use up their time and all the time that they should be spending making their case to the american people and opposing donald trump for specific substantive reasons they're going to spend on this kind of crap and uh we learned in the you know i defended bill clinton and the monica Lewinsky thing I was the only one he told the truth to. And um, I, I told him that, you know, the Republicans are just wrong for coming after you on this because the country is going to be just fed up and it's going to say, come on, stop it. Don't you have anything better to talk about? And that's true here. And uh, with all of these four cases, it's just going to eat up time, eat up the, the time they have to talk to people. And uh, and oh, and not hurt Trump at all. And in fact, it'll energize people because they'll understand that the deep state is striking back. And the greatest evidence you can have that Donald Trump is real and is not one of the crowd and is different is the way they're fighting him, the way they're coming after him. And uh, the more they do that, the more it gratifies him. It also enrages him. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking of something this morning. Finally, reality is coming around to meet Donald Trump. Things are out, as outrageous as he's always thought they were. And it's okay to be as angry as he's always been. Yeah. No, uh, I agree with all that. All of a sudden now, objectively, yeah. it's true. Yep. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, again, this is Dick Morris, noon to one every Sunday here on WABC. Uh, dear, dear friend of Trump. In fact, when I saw him on Friday, he had just hung up with uh, with the president. Um, there are people that say to me, look, I love Trump. I voted for him the first two times. I love his policies. I can't vote for him again. I can't do it. I love his policies. But he continues to get in his own way. The whole baseball bat picture. I mean, people think he lied. He did put it up. He didn't put it up. It doesn't matter. They're tired of his nonsense. So they love his policies, but they feel like he's not electable. When somebody says that, Dick Morris, what do you say? Well, 
first of all, ever since Afghanistan, he has been five to seven points ahead of Biden in the polling. Uh, so that's one. And he lost by four. So he's turned around about 10 points since the election of 2020. And he's kept it. it he first developed a lead over Biden in June of 2021. And he's kept it ever since in monthly polls that we take. So not unelectable. He's damn near elected. And uh, when people say that they like his achievements, but they don't like his style, that is so stupid. I mean, I like General Patton's achievements for beating the Germans. I like very much that he won World War II, but his style just grates on me. Can't he be a kinder, gentler General Patton? The fact is that Donald Trump's style is integral to his achievements. Why does North Korea not test missiles and bombs during the Trump presidency and then starts immediately after he leaves office? Why? Because Donald Trump told Kim Jong-un when he said he had a big button that could destroy the United States, he said, listen, listen, Buster, I have a bigger button than you do. Right. And that set him up completely. Oh, even the, the better example, Dick, is uh, is Afghanistan when he actually sat with the leader of the Taliban with a yep. map and pointed out and said, hey, buddy, this is where your wife and kids live. I have yeah, no right. problem blowing that thing up in two seconds. Yeah, absolutely. So it takes a ruthless SOB to be president, for God's sake. And, uh, and you have to be that way. Otherwise, you don't get anything done. Washington is not a nice place. And uh, it takes a bull in the china shop to take on the deep state and to beat it. And that's Trump's style. If you tell him he's got to moderate his style, it's like telling a lion, I, I like the way you hunt, but I hate your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Moore is on fire this morning. Forget about Chris Rock. Uh, well, i got to ask you this, though. Uh, I know you talk to the president all the time, and he asks you what your advice, and he should. You're, you're brilliant. I love you, Dick. Uh, should the president, uh, moving forward with this campaign, should he spend more time talking about the achievements that he had when he was president or how badly things have gone since Joe Biden took over? Well, it's the same conversation. Uh, You can look at the Biden administration as the frame on the picture, and the picture is what Trump did, and the frame is what Biden didn't do. So you can only really appreciate Donald Trump's handling of the economy when you see how ineptly uh, Biden did it. we're not, we don't appreciate that Russia didn't invade Ukraine under Trump, uh, but when they invited under Biden, they said that's because he's so weak. And it, 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 Trump's achievements become obvious in the context of Biden's failures. And that's the unique thing about Trump's candidacy, because he's both a challenger and an incumbent. It's the first time we've ever had that. Mm, that's true. Run against Biden, and yeah. he's running yeah. on his re-election. Well, I mean, according and to, to according to him, and, according to him and Boris, he hasn't lost yet. He's not going to win for the third consecutive time. I yeah, do, right. I do, I do want to ask you about uh, suburban housewives because anybody you talk to about this says, listen, his base is strong. They're loyal. He's got them. He'll grab some other Republicans, maybe some independents, but he takes a thrashing with suburban housewives. A, is that true? And B. How does he make sure that's not the case, Dick Morris, in 2024? Well, first of all, there is truth to it. 
and uh, he took a real shellacking over the abortion decision in the Supreme Court. And that's why the Republicans didn't have a red wave in 22. And they're going to have to deal with it in 24 because it's a very potent argument for the Democrats. But going against that is the Parents' Bill of Rights just passed the House that says that it's your right as a mother and father to know what your kids are being taught in school. After being taught gender change or being taught uh, about alternate lifestyles in in the fourth grade, they're being taught critical race theory. I think that has a huge impact. You see, the one affects unmarried women, the other affects married women. And that's a fault line in our politics. We, Trump wins married women by about 15 points. And he loses single women Hmm. by about 25 points. Wow. And uh, whether you're married or not is almost as important as whether you're black or white in how you're going to vote if you're a woman. And uh, I think that that underscores it. That having been said, at some point, everybody's going to wake up and say, hey, I can have an abortion if I want to. Uh, My daughter can. My sister can. Um, so what's the big deal? Yeah, uh, yeah, I know yeah. there's theoretically somebody in Mississippi that can't. Right. But, hey, give them bus fare. <laughs> right. No, listen, they've got two things. That's it. They're, for the most part, they're bankrupt, horrible people. They really are. And all they've got is abortion and gun control. And here we are, Dick Morris, another sad Tuesday morning in the United States where little kids were murdered inside their own schoolhouse, not by a gun, but by a crazy person who decided to operate that gun and for whatever reason killed innocent children. If Donald Trump was president today and not Joe Biden, Biden's talking about once again gun laws and AR-15s, what would Donald Trump be saying? He would be saying, I'm going to allocate a grant here of X billion dollars to the schools in the United States. And this grant is to put metal detectors and X-ray machines in each school and a cop to man them. And everybody has to have it. Nobody gets in or out of a school without passing through the metal detector, just like on an airplane. Well, let me just remind you that this person yesterday actually shot through a back door to make entry. Yeah, Yeah, okay, but but a metal detector and an armed cop is something else. Yep. Yep. And uh, a cop with a gun and a metal detector and a locked door uh, is very different. So, you know, we could. there are two ways we could keep airplanes safe. We could ban guns or we could make people go through metal detectors. And uh, we chose the second alternative, and it's worked beautifully. Let's do it for schools. And, by the way, while we're at it, movie theaters and sporting events. When I go to Yankee games, I go through a metal detector yep. all the time. Yep. Uh, you must, too. And uh, so that's how you do it. Yep. I mean, you, you don't, and you have a cop there with a gun with a metal detector. Right. All of this stuff of, of saying, oh, let's solve the underlying sociological and psychological issues there. That's baloney. Just put in damn metal detector. <laughs> well, by the way, are you going Thursday to opening day for the Yankees? Uh, no, but I'm going Tuesday. <laughs> Good, man. I'm actually going to have the yeah. president of the Yankees, Randy Levine, on right after you, Dick. i got to run, but I have to tell you, this okay. was a great conversation. Go plug your book before I let you go. Thank you, Stu. So my book is The Return from Speak 2024 Comeback. Thank you, Stu. 
You're Bye-bye. welcome. It's great to talk to you, and thank you for the kind words about my body. I loved it. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. There he is, Dick Morris. That's a smart guy, man. Noon to one every Sunday. He really is great. I got to read this from my friend Johnny Tobacco, wise guys in his mind. He goes, I love Dick Morris. You're an amazing interviewer. This is by far the longest stretch I've ever heard Dick where he hasn't plugged his book. So I made sure he got to plug it at the end. Great job, Dick Morris. That was a great conversation. Got to bring him back more often. Every time he's on, I say, we got to bring Dick Morris back more often. He's, he's really good. Really good. I don't know what he's saying, but he's really Doesn't good. matter. Don't no, worry about he's it. Very calculated. <laughs> he's, he's very smart. calculated. He's smart. He's like a human I know calculator. He's, yes. I know he's smart. He's got to keep coming back. you got to yeah, keep coming right. back. Yeah. All right. He's so smart. Gonna, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> we're going to shift gears and move from Donald Trump and school shootings and all this heavy political stuff to the Yankees. Thursday, they welcome in the San Francisco Giants. It's opening day in the Bronx. And the president of the New York Yankees, great guy Randy Levine, will join us next. Real New York, 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends, All right, Yankee season gets underway on Thursday. The Yankees opening day interleague play gets going right away. They'll host the San Francisco Giants. And my next guest has been very, very, very kind to me over the years. He's a dear friend of John Katzmatidis. We know that. But he's great to me as well. He's the president of your beloved New York Yankees, a good man, Randy Levine. Randy, happy, happy I should say, opening day week. Yankee baseball two days away. you got to be thrilled to death. I am, Sid, and it's good to talk to you. I hope you're well. Everything is good, and, you know, we're excited. It's that time of the year where uh, we turn the page. Uh, we're very optimistic and excited about our team. We think we have the pieces in place uh, to make a real run. Uh, so uh, it gets rolling in a couple of days, and uh, we feel good about it. You know, uh, baseball is my favorite sport. I mean, I was at the Nick game last night. I'm going to the Ranger game tonight. I had giant season tickets, as you know, Randy, for 100 years. Baseball is my favorite sport, and I can't wait for both teams. You won the Mets to get started on Thursday. When I walked outside about an hour ago, and it was 43 degrees and uh, cloudy, I mean, it's kind of the first couple of weeks, we're still in March. Don't forget Thursday when you start the season. There's going to be some real weather issues, No. Always, always. I remember a couple of years ago, Sid, that, you know, we've had snow on opening days. Yeah. But, you know, that's baseball in the Northeast. It's supposed to be okay. Uh, the forecast, you can check with the guys over at uh, WABC. But it's supposed to be all right, 50, you know, partly cloudy, yep. uh, which is okay. But, you know, that's April. It's challenging. It's uh, it's challenging, and you got to worry about injuries uh, because 
to me, that's what really affects in a great way the success or non-success of the season yep. is if you can keep the players healthy. But uh, we expect, I'm giving you an invitation, my friend, right now, uh, you, your family, you come uh, watch a game with me anytime you'd like. Oh, my God, I'd love to come Thursday. <laughs> Opening day, you kidding me? I'd love to, uh, to be honest. All right, well, you, you call me, we'll see what we can oh, do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Wendy. That's very, very sweet of you. Thank you. And before we get into uh, talking about injuries and the cold weather and this this team for 2023, I know you know this, but about two weeks ago, I had Roy White on the show. And um, I, I've always, I'm a Met fan, but I've always, and I love the Yankees too, but I've always loved Roy White, always loved him. I know he didn't have that 30 home run season, never knocked in 100 runs, but he was there for 15 years he was on two all-star teams. He made that transition when it was only about him, Mercer, and Pepitone to the Reggie Jackson days. He was always so soft-spoken. He loves this organization. And I've been making the argument for years that we should find a way to get Roy White into Monument Park. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to promise. I promised Roy would bring it up to you. So I'm doing it right now. And, and whatever you do, you do. That's fine. But I, I think there should be a place for Roy White somewhere in Yankee lore. Well, let me tell you, Roy White's a good friend of mine, uh, no more decent person. He was a great Yankee, a loyal Yankee. And, uh, you know, Monument Park is a very, very special place. But uh, I will personally take a look at it. Wow. Uh, I, know, I know that uh, people have looked at it uh, in the past. Uh, it's no... There are so many great Yankees who weren't in yeah. Monument Park, but True. Roy White has the affection of everybody in this Yankee organization. He's he's a really good man, and he was a very, very good player. What a great, great response. This is why I love Randy Levine, the president of the New York Yankees. He's just a good-hearted man, and he means what he says, by the way. So whichever way you go is fine, but thank you for saying what you just did. Let's get to this uh, Yankee team. Garrett Cole, good to go on Thursday, but... Some issues here with injuries, with the rotation. Carlos Radon, you guys spent a ton of money on Carlos, almost $170 million from the Giants. He's not ready to go. Luis Severino, he's not ready to go. Cortez will make his scheduled start, but he's not really healthy. So it's just, I look at the, uh, the starting five opening day. I know it's a long season here, Randy, but to see names like Clark Schmidt and Johnny Brito in the rotation looks a little odd to me. So how serious is the starting pitching injury situation for Aaron Boone? Well, I think uh, Carlos Rondon, who's going to be a big, big addition for us, uh, I think our trainers and our doctors did a great job. They caught it early. He threw a bullpen yesterday, came out uh, the day before. I I forget uh, when I looked at the sheets, but he came out of it great. So I think, you know, you'll see him probably at the end of April or first week in May. Uh, I think that uh, Severino, the doctors tell me, uh, and I've heard it, it's low-grade, flat strain, not like last year. So, again, you know, I expect to see him sometime end of April or, or, or early May. Uh, but Clark Schmidt's been great. You know, Jamon has been great. We have depth. Uh, Cortez has been – he's healthy. He's pitched great the last couple of times. But injuries are part of the game, as I said, and we're not the only team facing them. All the teams are facing them. It's going to happen all through the years, and that's why you need depth. That's why you need a great minor league system. And the teams that can survive that are are the ones that 
get to the playoffs, and ultimately uh, win the World Series. You're right. It's a battle of attrition. And we, we also did lose Frankie Montas, who we acquired from Oakland last year for the season. But uh, at any rate, uh, like you said, a lot of these guys that are injured are due back in the month of April. Still plenty of time to garner a great season. Now, in terms of the opening day lineup, we know this. Aaron Judge comes off the historic season, 62 home runs. At times last year, especially the first half, Stanton was putting up some pretty good numbers. But for the most part, Aaron Judge did not get a lot of help from the rest of the lineup last year. That cannot be the case this year. And most of the names, if not all of the names outside of Volpe, look to be the same so why are you confident, Randy, that these guys will rebound this year and provide Aaron Judge with a little help? Well, I would take issue with what you said. I think a lot of our guys had pretty good offensive years. I think that uh, Anthony Rizzo had a great year. Uh, he's a very, very strong, really uh, uh, good player. I think uh, Giancarlo had a very, very good year. Uh, he got hurt. Right. Um, <laughs> Set him back a little bit, but, uh, you know, he showed up in the playoffs like he always does. You know, he's great. I think Labor Torres had a, had a bounce-back year. Uh, our catcher, Jose Trevino, was fantastic last year. So, uh, I, you know, DJ was hurt last year, and I think that hurt us, not having him in the lineup. He looks great, nice, nice and healthy. Uh, I like what I see from Josh Donaldson uh, at the end of spring training. So I think offensively we're as good as anybody. Um, there's a lot of great pitching in, in the American League and the National League. Uh, these new rules are going to have an impact. It's going to be fascinating to watch uh, how they affect uh, certain players with uh, no longer having shifts and, you know, speed in the game with the uh, bases being a little bit larger yeah. and pitchers not being able to throw over endless times. So I think it's going to be interesting, and uh, it's worked great in spring training, and we'll see uh, how it affects everybody. But for a lot of hitters, especially left-handed hitters, I think that shift, the fact that the uh, no more uh, shifting, it's going to be of great benefit to them. This is my friend, the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, two days before the Yankees start the season. Opening day in the Bronx coming up 1 o'clock on Thursday as the Yankees get set to host the San Francisco Giants. So Jeter leaves, in comes Didi. He did a very good job for a couple of years, and since then, it's been tough to find that shortstop. Last year, of course, you brought in Kiner Falefa. But now this kid, Anthony Volpe, has been the talk, I would say the talk of spring training anywhere in baseball. That's how much uh, people around the country have gotten to know this kid and seemingly love him. So he'll play shortstop and hit ninth coming up on Thursday against the Giants. How excited are you, Randy, about the future for Anthony Volpe? Phenomenal. I mean... You know, what a great story. A local kid, you know, he, he grew up here, a Yankee fan. Uh, he has two great parents, uh, and he was our number one pick a couple of years ago. Work, work, work. And, you know, he came at the – it was a legitimate competition for shortstop, and he won it. I mean, he was great. He was great in spring training. And our players basically say he has the temperament of a veteran. He – uh Slows the game down. He works hard, and I think it's just great. Our fan base is electric, excited over him. I just don't want him to put too much pressure on himself. You know, uh, this is an exciting time. You just have to ease into it. Uh, Derek Jeter always used to say, you know, the great ones slow the game down, not speed it up. That's right. And uh, I hope he does also. That's great. Uh, Now, Aaron Boone, this guy goes out. He wins a lot of games. You know, Randy, 100, 100. 
But he hasn't won the big one yet. And every year the Yankees don't win a World Series. And now we have to date all the way back to 2009 with Girardi and Alex. Last time we won one here. Now we're going on 14 years. The pressure seems to mount on the skipper Aaron Boone. And you know how fans are. Uh, as if it's Aaron Boone's fault that Stanton strikes out three times in a game or Judge strikes out three times in a game. He takes the wrath of the New York City fan. How much pressure is on Aaron Boone, not from the fans, not from WFAN, but from you guys inside the Yankee organization? Well, Aaron Boone's done a great job. He's a great manager. And, and it's not only on him. It's on everybody in this organization, from myself, Hal, Cash, uh, we're all responsible for this. This isn't a one-man band. Uh, Booney's done a phenomenal job. You know, he's got us close to the World Series. Uh, and, and you know, a few breaks. Last year we had some injuries. You know, I don't believe in making excuses, but we had some injuries at the wrong time. Uh, of course, many years before that, we had the famous uh, scandal, yeah. you know, cheating scandal. Yep. Yep. So we've been close. Uh, hopefully, uh, this is the year we break through. It's tough. There are a lot of great players, a lot of great teams. Uh, you know, recent collective bargaining agreements have made a competitive balance much more competitive. Yeah. And uh, that's a tribute to, uh, to, to all of the teams uh, making that sacrifice. So at the end of the day, I think that he's done a great job. And it's not only on him. It's on all of us, all of us to pull together, and it's all our responsibility, and nobody suffers more by these losses than we do. Have you seen, Randy, the Reggie Jackson documentary yet? I haven't seen it, but I heard how it's starting to view him, to be honest, a couple days ago, and it was fascinating, Reggie, talking about his childhood and why he talks the way he did, why sometimes he fought with Billy Martin, the womanizing, all that stuff. Have you seen that yet? I haven't seen it. You know, uh, Reggie's a good friend. He's a Never shy with his opinions. God bless him. He's great. <laughs> and uh, that's why he's Reggie, and I'm, I look forward to, to seeing it. But Reggie is uh, hes very, very uh, good in getting his message yeah, out. Yes. And, uh, you, so I look forward to watching it. Are you guys good with him right now? Is Reggie good with the Yankee organization? I, I, I think Reggie's a... Very good with us. He's okay. a friend of mine, and, you know, I haven't heard any problems with us. Okay, good. Uh, I do want to ask you two more. We'll let you run. This has been great, by the way, Randy. I love you. Thank you. Uh, when I was growing up as a kid, it was the Yankees. You know, I know 86, the Mets won the World Series. So I'm like 86 to 90, the Mets kind of stole the back page. But for most of my lifetime, and if God is good to me, I'll be 56 in April. This is a Yankee town. They get all the press. But we know this offseason, Steve Cohen, the last couple of years, actually, has commandeered that. So how much pressure is on your organization not just to beat the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Rays, but to contend with the guy across the town in Queens who's spending money like a drunken sailor? None. I mean, Steve Cohen is a good friend of ours. You know, Hal's always supported him uh, coming into the game. I supported him. I think he's been really good for uh, for. Baseball, I've always believed that uh, it takes, you know, there's plenty of room in this town for two great teams. Uh, And I think like last year when the Mets and the Yankees are both very, very good, uh, the the, the city gets turned on by it. Obviously, you know, we're rivals. I love to beat them. There's no question. I I grin a lot when we beat them. But they got a great great team, 
and I wish them nothing but success. And uh, there's no pressure. I, I, I want everybody to succeed. Uh, nothing better than if there would ever be another Subway Series. Oh. You know, I, experienced, I experienced it in 2000, and there was nothing like it. It was unbelievable. So I, I, I wish them well. And, uh, you know, to me, winning the back page doesn't mean anything. Winning the World Series at this point means <laughs> Well said. You're right. And uh, last thing then, at the uh, the minor league level, the uh, Giants team, the, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks, they hire a new manager. They went with the former Met last year, Edgardo Alfonso. Now they go with the former Yankee, who I love this guy, by the way, Homer Bush. I've sounded him out about three or four times, and he seems to be really ready for this job. What do you think about the former Yankee, Homer Bush, as a new manager of the Ferry Hawks? I love him. I mean, if, uh, you've met him. You know, uh, we're involved. Uh, we're a minority uh, with John and Eric in, uh, in the Ferry Hawks. And, you know, Homer Bush... You've talked to him, Sid. I mean, he's he's just a charismatic guy. Uh, He's infectious with his enthusiasm. People love him. Players are going to love him. I think he's the perfect choice to to bring the Ferry Hawks to the next level. Very excited for him. You are such a great guy, Randy. I mean, seriously, you've been so great to me over the years. I may take you up on the offer. In fact, uh, I think Mayor Adams is looking for tickets on Thursday, too. But... I hope he goes. He's always invited. He's been there, and he's always welcome to come. Maybe we'll come together. But either way, thank you for this great conversation this morning. Thank you for your friendship all these years. And I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck and success and stay healthy and start the season right with a big one over the Giants on Thursday. And let's do this again very, very soon. Thank you, buddy. Always, Sid. All the best. You too. There he is. What a great guy. What a great guy. The president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine. As the Yankees get set to start the 2023 season in the Bronx, coming up on Thursday, taking on the San Francisco Giants. The Mets, they're in Miami. And in this song, Billy Joel says, we're all going to Miami. Miami, 2017. i the lights go out on Broadway. I saw the Empire State lay low. Life went on beyond the palisades They all bought Cadillacs And left there long ago We held a concert out in Brooklyn To watch the island bridges blow They turned our power down And drove Sid and friends in the morning. But you say he just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oh, what a great song. Live down by the riverside. Arthur Lee has no idea what he just got himself into. He doesn't even know his headsets were on, but just so you know, if Josh Donaldson of the Yankees, a starting third baseman, hits 30 more home runs this year, I told Justin 
you would provide Justin with oral in front of Macy's <laughs> on Christmas morning. I just right. got in. Yeah. You didn't hear that, but <laughs> Leslie did, and, and the girl that works here was adorable, by the way. And uh, so everybody was laughing, and then now you know why they were laughing. So, Are you okay with that deal? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you got to take off for the team. Oh, my God. Do. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice to know. Warren. Talking That's about nice. talking about choking, by the way, Alex. <laughs> All right, settle down. My goodness. You got to be kidding me. Oh, come on. Well, it is. Today, ha- <laughs> Today happens to be National Choking Awareness Day. So what a perfect way to start this conversation, right? On a serious note, though, you saved what now? 800 people? 800? Yeah. 802. We, when I woke up this morning and I was headed over here, we saved an eight-month-old. So, just this morning? Yeah, just this morning. And, and the mom wrote, you know, thank God it saved my son's life. And walking in here to see you that supported me and always been there to voice it, it was kind of a gift to both of us that oh. I sit in here right here right now and tell you right before I came in. Wow, you saved that's great. Yeah. Now, first of all, I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Because you're handsome. <laughs> Not because yeah. you created some great product. I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. But you yeah, got a great tan. Girl. You dress nicely. Uh, but you did create a great product, and it's fascinating how you did this. So tell everybody about that, because uh, at the end of the day, when you get your light back, go to lightback.net and get it. It's this little device. It's yeah. not heavy. Mm. It doesn't take up space in your house, and it saves lives every day. Well, the goal was to make, you know, I'd be a parent that was panicking. I wanted something super simple. So it's a little su- a little plunger. You push it, you pull it, it creates suction, and it removes the object. And now, you know, today is all about the fact that 5,000 people a year choke to death, one child every five days, and we're fighting that battle to eliminate it. No one's ever eliminated a national a cause of death, you know? Right. And I mean, the people have learned to do the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, the problem is don't always work. Right. And, and, and nothing, I don't know how to do it. Like, for example, my wife, we went to Peter Luger once. True story. And they make very big shrimp. They call it the colossal shrimp. And it got stuck in her throat. Oh, and Danielle started to make her way towards the bathroom. She completely freaked out. She was choking, turning all different. And me, I'm sitting there, and I don't know what. I'm scared to death, didn't know what to do. Thank God she hit the floor, choked, and it came out. But to be honest, I was worthless because I was scared to death and didn't have an apparatus. Like, light back, I'm not going to do the Heimlich maneuver. If I had a light back right there, it never would have been an issue. Well, you know, you, you, I could just feel you, that feeling, right, that fear, that scare. And then the panic and the some people freeze, some people run. Some people that are choking will run away, you know. And the the, the goal was something simple that scared parents can freak out and push it down and pull it up and suck it out. And, you know, 802 lives now of the 5,000, we're making progress. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, people like you and Joe and the family here at ABC that get the word out and we keep getting those lives saved. And you've seen pictures of the whole saves where, you know, there's 800 pictures on that wall. Wow. And you look at that wall, that's not a wall of people who are gone. That's people that would be gone, mm. you know. Well, that's why uh, we made this point during our commercials, and you and I, that uh, every school, every cafeteria, every restaurant should have a light back. Every home, every home should have a light back. We've all got medicine in our house Right, we've got a plunger for the damn toilet. How about a light back? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you're right. And the what what this day is about is that people don't realize how common it is. It's the fourth leading cause of accidental death. 
The fourth leading yeah. cause? Yeah, so you think it slips some falls, car accidents, poisonings, and then choking. Who knew that? I never knew Poisoning's that. Poisoning's not accidental, by the way. Trust yeah. me, Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it's number one now. But the... Uh, but the awareness, no, who knew, right? And we're sitting here talking, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, my wife, right? And you talk about the fear and everything. Yeah. The, anyone will have one of those stories because that's how common it is. And what we do is we get the word out there, make sure that people, yeah, get trained. But if you have a life hack, we don't have to have this. This morning, that eight-month-old baby would be gone, wow. right? That mother now is holding that eight-month baby, not burying mm-hmm. and. That's the gratitude I get when I know and I see that and I get that message. Thank God you saved my son's life. It's got to be amazing. I, I don't know what else in life is better than that. I really don't. So, so when you left the garage, where'd you make this thing in your garage? Yeah, yeah. Right, so you, so you make this thing right, and you walk out of your garage. If I would have called you at that moment and said, "Hey, Artie, you're not going to believe this, but that thing you just made in the garage." That's going to be a national sensation. You're going to save lives every day. This is going to be, like, bigger than a tire. You would have said to me what? I would have said, I think you're right. I don't know how I'm getting there, you know? <laughs> yeah. they, I, I, I equate it to digging a tunnel where you don't know where you're going. You just keep digging. Yeah. And you know that eventually there's going to be a crack and there's going to be light. Well, what was the crack? Well, when did it start to uh, to really take off this, this uh, well, product? When we... The, there's been like, I call them gobwinks, little moments along the way that said you're on the right path. The first save ever was a woman named Jackie. Oh. And I made it for my daughter, Jackie. And that took, we were about five years in before we saved our first life. And it was done by a nurse named Jackie. And I made it for my daughter, Jackie. Oh, wow. So, and she was actually wow. in the U.K. And we got the call. My daughter was in front of me, and I said, Jackie saved it? And I looked at Jackie, and I said, Jackie just saved the life. Oh, that shows just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of like if you made that call. Those are the moments that kept us going. So during that five-year period, when you weren't selling, did you you think about, all right, this ain't going to work, This I'm just going to stop doing this? Yeah. Well, the, the truth of the matter is when I got it to work for my daughter, I went out and I looked at this guy and I said, God, give me the strength. And as I said that, a shooting star went across this guy. And I needed that because it was brutally difficult. Mm. You cannot prove it works. You, I made a medical product. I, I had no idea what I was doing. FDA regulations, testing, medical testing. I used it on cadavers myself. So it was very difficult to keep going. But because of that moment, it was kind of a no-brainer. I had to. The boss said, go do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the boss. So yeah, I just kept yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. And yeah. No matter what happened, I just kept going. Wow. So um, now you could only get this product online, right? We don't sell these yet in, in uh, stores. And why not? Why not drug well, stores? Well, or- I tried to keep the price as low as I could. It lasts forever. It's made in America. So it's very – there's not a lot of room for retail. Because- Three words, by the way, made in America. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we're getting knocked off, you know? But – um, yeah, LifeVac.net is the best and safest place to get it. Uh, like I said, it lasts forever, covers your whole family. You yeah. use it. I give you a free one. I tried to make it um, as ethical and human as possible. You know, it wasn't a scam where you got to buy a new one every year and you make it a lot of money so you could pay off people to have it mm-hmm. mandated. Sure. And just tried to do it right. What will? Uh, what is the... Uh the lasting for one of these products does it last two years, three years, five years, lasts forever, forever. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry like you just said about buying a new one every year. No. It's good to go. The business world didn't like the fact that it lasts forever, 
I give you a free one if you use it. It covers your entire family, and it's made in America. They want it made in China, expire every year, make one for kids, one for adults. Right. You know, and I, I just said, no, nah, I'm not doing it. That's why you're pushing this product on Newsmax and Fox News, not uh, CNN. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I, guess I mean, so. have they contacted you from people like CNN? or MS- I mean, I'm, I'm sure they care about saving lives, too. Have they even contacted you about nah, this? I, I, you know, I, I'm, it, saving lives is non-political, but uh, I got to admit that, you know, you guys and Newsmax and Fox have been our biggest uh, yeah. advocates. Because right. we word actually do out. care. Yeah, you They're do. All about politics. Well, you they, look they at. They keep playing this video of this this person stepping into a school yesterday. Yeah. And with a gun, they've shown the video fifty times. Uh, Why does anybody want to see that? We know what happened, right? Well, you know, four kids died in school the last two months, nothing on the air, right? Right. And right. The people don't realize how often it happens if four kids had been through such another. Different, different tragedy be yeah. all over the news. Of course. You choke to death, it just goes away. It just goes away. Yeah, you never hear about that. You, Brian, Joe, WABC, Fox, have all helped raise awareness. That's, That's what today is. That's and right. I sat there once and I looked at the cross table, you and Brian and Joe, and I said, what great people, right? Thank what you. great people. And it, it Look just warms my heart. Look who's talking. I haven't saved one life yet. <laughs> yeah, I barely well, saved mine. <laughs> I doubt it. You probably have. You well, know? maybe I you have. Probably I have. People do say, like, oh, without you in the morning, I don't know what I would do. But, <laughs> yeah. but in a practical uh, way, you really have done this, and it's uh, it's incredible. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Is, right. there, is there a time of year or a certain day or a date or a holiday where you notice that people buy these things. Like today, of course, is National Choking Awareness Day. Yeah. So that'll be a big deal. Any other day around the year that well, you find people buy it? Yes, yesterday I had to tell a story, and it really gives me chills because I just uh, I hadn't really known the details. It was the day after Christmas. Father choked. They were all relaxing, right? Christmas rush was over. He passed out. The life act was still under the tree. In a box. The daughter had gotten it as a Christmas gift. Yeah. Wow. And you think, like, I could see my tree as a kid after Christmas and the paper everywhere and still <laughs> yeah. the some of the toys still under it. It was actually under the tree. And she pulled it out from under the tree and saved her dad. And, and that just ties into, you know, around Christmas, yes. Christmas baby showers. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's wow. a, it ties in. But that visual, right, of, you know, the truck. And the BB gun and the light vac yeah. under the tree, yeah. pulls it out, saves her dead. You know, you remind me of Lewis of, like, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Like, it's a wonderful <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. Right? I mean, do you, yeah. do you see that analogy? Yeah. So for people that want to get this product right now, today, right here, listening to you and I, lifevac.net, it's that simple, right? Yeah, it's that simple. And, uh, you know, we don't want to scare you, but it is a horrible thing. Eight-month-old would have been gone. Right. So... You know, fire extinguisher analogy, consider it for your house. And, right. You know, your school, your restaurant, and special needs. Everywhere. Should be everywhere. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. I love you. I You're love a great you, too. I love I our friendship, it. and I'm me happy to, to be involved with something like this. I, it's a the, beautiful thing. It really is. Having me on today means a lot, bud. And uh, uh, you just keep doing what you do, and I'm just proud to know you. Me, too. I feel the same way. Congratulations, right. author. Cool. 802, Thanks. folks. How about that? Yeah. Let's give Arthur yeah. Lee and Life Back a rousing yeah. round of applause. Right. 802. Thanks to Arthur Lee and Lightback. Buy one today. Do yourself a favor. Go to lightback.net and save a life today. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah. 
good luck. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, Tuesday morning, 949 on your Tuesday morning. It is time for the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. you got to go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. Wayne is out in Plainsview, New Jersey. What's going on, Wayne? Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, don't mention it. Uh, you're our lucky contestant for the day. You get your shot at beating Sid here. Two for Tuesday. I'm going to give you two songs, and uh, you got to tell me the artist, okay? I'll give it a shot. All right, here we go. Number one, Rapture and Heart of Class. Mm. Uh, I just guessed Fleetwood Mac. Nope. I don't know. Oh. Oh. Blondie would be the correct answer. On to number two. Ah. Jimmy Whistlenut and Oh My Sweet Carolina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, what's the first one? Jimmy Whistlenut. <laughs> that, Jimmy that'll help. Whistlenut. Oh, I don't know. Huh? I'm going to pass. I don't know. Right. Ryan Adams. On to number three. Oh, yeah? Well, not, not not really two of his most well-known songs, no. to be completely honest with you. He doesn't even know he wrote them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 On to number three here, Wayne. Faithfully and Wheel in the Sky. Jeez. Mm. It's a tough one, man. Wheel in the sky. Wheel in the sky. Wheel in the sky keeps flying. Oh, yeah, I know the song. Oh, jeez. Ah. He's almost there. Uh, Give it to me, Wayne. Yeah, I know. Wheel in the sky keeps flying. I, 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 foreigner? I don't know. Oh. oh. I'm so close. Journey would be the correct answer. Ah. Right, right, right. Over three, on to number four. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wayne, settle the down. Yeah. Settle down. Yeah, the, fun, the, fun, the, the funny part is, I'm a singer. Oh, wow. <laughs> rock... How are you? <laughs> well, I'm, you're clearly I'm not covering. Cle- yeah, you're clearly not covering any of these songs. No. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> no, no. All right, on to number four. Journey's not happy. No, I'm still. No, I'm a rig- original band. Anyway, go ahead. All right, here you go. I'm still standing, and Saturday night's all right for fighting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Elton John. There you go. Spectacular. All right. win. One for four. Finally. On to number five. In an attempt to go two for five, which uh, is not a bad performance, your two songs, On the Floor and Booty. And what? Booty. Booty. On the Floor and Booty. Like took us. Okay. I'm going to have to guess on this one. On the floor, booty. It's got to be, uh, I don't know, Snoop Dogg. Oh. Just guess. J-Lo would be the correct answer. Ah, jeez. All right. All right. Out of my genre. Well, listen, at least you gave a, uh, a wholehearted effort there, Wayne, and we appreciate well, well, that. Well, it beats a blank, I guess. One yeah. out of one. Out of blank. Yeah, exactly. Well, Wayne, uh, very, uh, very good performance out of you uh, in terms of your uh-huh. effort. Of course, one for five. We're waiting on the big guy. Thanks, to, we're waiting on the big guy to uh, get back in here, give his, uh, give his effort. 
see if he can beat you. What's going on uh, in the daily life of Wayne? Well, actually, uh, can I plug my band? Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, we're doing. We got a couple albums out. We're an original band called the New Bardos. Oh, there you go, Wayne. How do you do? He's good. He's still there. He's talking. He's plugging his band because you took too long to come back in here. Because you were down in three buildings. I was talking to Chad. It's important stuff. Okay. Yeah, you're all fired by the way. All right, Wayne. We'll we'll keep (laughs) you on hold. You'll get a chance to uh, (laughs) hear uh, hear Sid's uh, turn. All right, ready? What do you get? How many right? One. One right. You ready? I'm nervous. Okay. Super Tuesday. Number one. Rapture and Heart of Glass. There you go. On to number two. Jimmy Whistlenut and Oh My Sweet Carolina. (laughs) I'm sorry? Jimmy Whistlenuts? Yeah. He actually did write this song. I'm not a... And what was the second one? Oh My Sweet Carolina. Neil Diamond? No. He did Sweet Caroline. Brian Adams. Those are the two songs. Well, I didn't I, want to pick the two. You want to go with I wanna... one night love affair? I don't, well, I, I don't wanted know. to try and stump you a little bit. I, don't, I know you listen to a two lot songs of Ryan that No one's ever heard of. Even he hasn't heard of those. Well, I, yeah. I don't know you what got the, the You got the wrong Adams. Yeah. you were thinking Brian. This is Ryan. Oh, Ryan Adams. Yes. yes. Is that Eric Adams' son? It is. Yeah. 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 I don't even. He's know a white though. Which makes it a little bit confusing. But you write that. One for two under number three. Not a pivot on that one. Yeah. Pivot shit. Faithfully and Wheel in the Sky. Journey. There you go. Two for three. On to number four. I'm Still Standing and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Elton John. I'm still standing after all these years. Super. Thank you. You Three for four. On to number five. You've won today's game. Of course I did. (laughs) On the floor and booty. On the floor, yeah, and booty, yeah, just booty, just booty. That's the name of the song. It's called Booty. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Well, why don't you? You got to pick somebody with a big booty. Oh, uh, Lizzo. Now, oh. Lizzo doesn't have a big beauty. Oh, booty. Wow. It's not because no. it's not because she goes to the gym. Now how about squat. Beyonce? Now, she closer. got a big booty. You're getting closer, but you're still not there. Um, my last guess then is. I wouldn't even know. Ah, J Lo. Oh, J Lo. Yeah. Okay, we gotta go. All right, we gotta go. Come back and wrap things up right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. journey for you as we wrap things up. We may have a, a guest on tomorrow. I don't know. It could be huge. When I say huge, I mean it's not Trump. So I just stop it right there. <laughs> it's not Trump. It's the other side, actually. But could be huge. I got to think about it. But we done for today. What a heck of a show, everybody. was great. Everybody was great. Bo, Randy Levine, let's go Yanks. 
Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Norm Layden, everybody. Great job. I will be at Madison Square Garden tonight like I was last night with Chris Rock watching the Knicks tonight. Joe and Matt Tacopina and Pete Morgan and the boys as the Rangers host the Columbus Blue Jackets starting the night one point behind Toronto for the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. So, from all of us on Sitting Friends in the Morning to all of you until 6 a.m. on a Wednesday, Journey. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.